0: Hey guys, welcome to Let's Figure Out, episode three. Uh, Today's a long one, so strap in for that. It's it's just over two hours. We talk about, um, you know, mine and Rick's early years. Uh, We talk about adoption and addiction. Uh, We talk about high-stress environments and and choices made in those, and... and we round it out with, uh, with a bit of, you know, we, we talk about some life stories and stuff like that and try and tie it back to, to some situations we've been in and how we, we figured a way out of them. So, yeah, have a listen and let us know what you think. Cheers.
1: Figure it out. So it's basically three words, but we are going to treat it as if it's one word because that's how you say it.
0: We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery somebody tell you, you can't do something. You want something? Go get it. The effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. All right. Uh, welcome to episode three, guys. Um, following on from last week's, uh, you know, self-talk, self-perception, projection, all those things. Um, we figured today... We would probably dive into a bit of our own stories, um, and we'd talk about the way that, you know, at least some of the things we've been through, and how that probably would influence that self-talk.
1: Yeah, it's everyone doesn't know where anyone comes from, and it's nice to just sort of see, oh, we're all we're all the same. We all, you know, we all started off on a different boat to get to where we're going, but we're all in the same boat now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Wherever you land.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so. You know, everyone's story is definitely unique. Um, I don't think that there's there's anyone's that is could, could be the same. Um, you know, we all hit a point in our lives where, um, you know, we get sick of living one way or another, or, you know, we get sick of this person or that person and remove them from our lives, and it just sort of changes the course or you bring people in or you know that's that's the funny thing about people around you it's constantly evolving
1: yeah you you grow into choice Mm. is what you do yeah you you find it you get get strong enough to go i'm going to make a different choice yep and some of those choices nobody nobody enjoys some of the choices that they make some of are pretty hard you know you move out of uh, a, a previous partnership and you just oh god and if you're the one that that breaks it you're the one that carries a load you know whereas the the other person is sort of like, oh, no, no, no. So everyone has a different different way of doing doing the things. And yeah, that choice and learning to deal with the choices you make is the other part of being who you are, Did, how your story is built together.
0: Do you think that's an experience thing, dealing with, with decisions?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, regardless of where you're from and what toolkit you're given to, to develop yourself, that is the hardest thing to learn how to do. Because some that.
0: people are really bad at it. Oh, yeah. Taking yeah. responsibility for a decision.
1: Yeah. Sh- shouldering your own load. Yeah. yeah. It's a terrible it's a terrible thing, especially if you're not geared for it. And it takes a long time. I think, you know, m- my idea is it takes you probably to about 25 to grow into the person that you're going to be with all your base core decisions on, on what's right, what's wrong, and that sort of stuff. Yep. And then after that, you go through and then you start refining and defining a little bit more as you go. But the, the core structure things and what you believe in don't really change a hell of a lot. They stay pretty much from 25 onwards those main things stay pretty much the same. And then you just curve yourself on other stuff. You know, but some things. Yeah, that's it. But some of them are not easy. Not easy things to do. I mean, you know, sometimes parents, grandparents, friends, they all influence you in a certain way, which mm. then sort of limits the amount of choices that you're willing to make because, you know, you might have one of those really over-the-top friends who's, you know, super positive and that sort of thing. And, and, and they're the one that goes, right, this weekend – we're going out. We're doing this. Yeah, cool, cool. You never have to make a decision. Yeah, you just know that that's happening. Yep, you know, and you ring them for them to make the choice. Yep, you know, and and we've all had people like that. Somebody who's always a sit back and and they'll do what everyone anyone else wants to do. Yeah, and then you get the other people that sort of they're the ones that control it and go. The oh, this weekend, yeah. This yeah. this weekend we go on the speedway. Hey, everyone, can you go on the speedway? Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yep, you know, but there's always that one person, and I've been halfway between that. You know, when I was younger, I was a bit more uh, set back. And then as I've got older, I'm quite happy to make choice. Yeah, right. You know, and decisions on stuff. Yep. Um, And some of it good, some of it bad. But, yep. you know, I'm, I've it's taken a while, it's taken a while to get to the point where you feel comfortable. And I think probably I got comfortable probably at about 35 to be able to sort of say, yeah, I can pretty much put both feet in the bucket any time and, and stand by the decision I make yep. and then own it. Yeah, right. You know? And that comes back to for where my grandparents and and my mum and dad where they were at. Yep. They were pretty much very similar. I just didn't realise it. Yeah, right. You know, I didn't realise I was picking up those things as I went and they were very much that way inclined. Yeah, Especially right. my grandfather. He was the one that I that I, I would have loved to have modeled myself on more. Yep. He was the one that really shouldered and owned his choices. Okay. And made sure he did. Yeah, yep. And and it wasn't until later in life I could look back at some of the things that he did and some of the things I heard him say over the years and went, oh, yeah, you, jeez, you were clever. Mm. You know, you really did know a lot of stuff. Yep. And that obviously came from the time when with the, he went through the war. Yep. And going through the war, obviously that hardens Yeah. a lot of people up. Yeah, you yeah. You know, it just changes, changes their lives, you know. So looking at where he came through and then learning how to uh, lead people, he was a lieutenant in the Air Force. Yep. And he was very good at looking after people, and then when he left the uh, the Air Force and got into uh, man management, he actually ran a mine. He actually ran cables cable sands in Bunbury when yep. it was cable sand seventy six and the way he used to manage people was was different to how he did it in the Air Force In the Air Force they were just told okay to to delegate and drive when he actually started doing it himself, he realized well that it is a good way to do it, but sometimes it's better to to go together and so sort of say, well, come on, we'll We'll go together and we'll have a look at it and see if we can work this out. Yeah. And when listen to him tell stories like that, I model myself on, gee, I want to be like that. I don't want to tell people what to do. I want to go out figure there and that's, out. that's, that's it out together. That's Let's yeah. that's, that's figure it out together. Let's figure this out. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's the best thing that I learned was, yeah, was right. that. Yep. Um, what
0: about you? Um. Well, I have, I, I never really had a, Look, like, my story is really funny. Um, my story is really, really directionless. Um, bar everything I've done for myself, um, and that sounds really wanky, but I didn't grow up with role models, and what I did and I didn't. So I, um, let's just let's just take it back, and we'll see if you can figure out the point that uh, I started making my own decisions. So I grew up in a in a a really poor uh, in a really poor childhood. Really, real poverty. um, We were really poverty poverty affected. I don't know whatever the word is. We grew up poor. Um, So my my mum had problems of her own, uh, and I was the youngest of four kids. Um, So I was. By far and large, the best of the four. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, so so we grew up in a a lower socioeconomic environment pretty much forever until I stopped living with my mum. So I lived in Perth, started in Perth as a a young fella, really young, and around... uh, I think about 1993, so it'd have been about five or six, five, yeah, five or six. We moved to Pinjara, North Pinjara. And uh my mum got got a got a loan for a house, a Holmes West house. And we uh she built a house there and we moved in and and uh and from there, um, you know, to primary school, all sort of things. Um, you know, my mum had a lot of problems with alcohol and drugs, uh very, very rampant uh, in in our family life, uh single mother as well, so my father didn't didn't live with us um, and then, yeah, so we went through this cycle um I mean i was I suppose I was pretty lucky uh, being the youngest. I probably didn't see a lot um I mean there was definitely a lot that happened to my mum uh before we moved, so I mean by the time I sort of had my own idea of of family and, and, you know, sort of like our situation. I'd probably miss, like, a lot of the worst of it. Um, you know, like abusive partners and stuff. She had, like, a lot of that sort of drama. And then, uh, yeah, so we moved and... Um, yeah, so so the alcohol and drug problems obviously followed. You can't move away from those, generally. Um, so...
1: Yeah. Addiction Addiction can sometimes be nearly classified as a disease. Yeah. You know, a lot of people classify it as like a disease because if it's in the family, sometimes it's in the family. Yeah. You know? and know, and, it, and it's not because it's still, you still make a choice. Yeah. I. I but the weakness towards mm, those things is sometimes more prevalent if it's there.
0: Yeah. I. So I'm a big, I'm a big believer that, that addiction is a choice. Um you know, in my later years, um Yeah, so let's not jump too far ahead. So I uh, will explain my, my my thoughts about addiction when I get to my teenage years. So um so I, I went through this this thing with my mum and blah 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 and you know, um I've got two older brothers and an older sister. Uh the two middle kids, my oldest brother sort of got out as soon as he could, as you would and started just living his own life as as an adult, and and that's fine. I would have done the same thing. Um, The two middle kids, uh, my next oldest brother, they locked him up as soon as they could get a hold on him, as soon as he was an adult. He he pretty much has been inside. I haven't seen him. When was the last time I seen him? I think maybe when my old man died so I would have been 16, 10, 15 years ago and I think in that time he has probably spent more time in jail than out of it sort of thing so he's mm. he, he chose the easy choice uh, my sister very much the same easy choice um, five kids and not one of them is in her care anymore um, so she's just doing her own thing as well uh, so I left, I left my mum, my mum's house when I was 10. And uh, the, the my recount of the story is different to my older brother's. Um, so, I, I mean, I assume his is far more correct than mine. And mine's probably just a little bit of telling myself the story over and over. It's just skewed the details. But uh, either or, it seemed um, that at about 10, my mum had been partying for a couple of days pretty hard and and uh i packed a bag and decided it was time to go you know at 10 years old i was you know this is enough that's this is enough this isn't the way life's supposed to be this isn't how it is on tv Uh, And I had options, Uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. There's a lot of kids out there that don't have options at 10 years old. So uh, I was lucky my brother lived not too far away. The way I remember the story is I packed my bag and threw it out the window and left um, from that point. Um, And and basically went to live with him until my old man could... uh, could sort out his, bu- his business in Perth, which it didn't really work. I stayed at, I stayed at my brother's house for a while and then, um, headed up to Perth and, and, uh, while my, my father was finishing up his painting clients up there, I settled into school and lived with, uh, with his girlfriend at the time and him. And, you know, that was a really interesting thing because, uh, you know, I went from, from absolute poverty in in North Pinjarra to you know living up in uh, in West Perth in Wembley in a really nice like really <laughs> yeah. nice school and and all and like a really really nice house and and it, yeah it was it was like a sigh I suppose but you know it follows you um so went through school up there for the most of Year Six so I would have been ten yeah, ten to eleven I suppose. And then my old man sold, I uh, finished up all his business and then we moved to his holiday house at the time and, and and called it home. And it was, yeah, so I was about 11, I suppose, at that point. And yeah, so then that was about, that was sort of where normal life began for me. So, it was, you know, 10 or 11 years in and then all of a sudden there was structure and there was someone working and. You know, it was all these sort of things and, and dinners were getting cooked and, you know, it was like, it was really, really strange going from my life before that to now, all right, we cook dinner every night, you know, we, your job is to do the dishes and feed the dog and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Just, it was like, it was like going from the lawless, you know, like from, from a lawless country to, to you know, to, to a communist country. It was, it was really, really funny. Um, and it was good. You know, I had a chance to really develop my education and, um, you know, my knowledge and skills and my, my father was a, uh, he was absolutely blue collar. He worked, you know, from, from such a young age, you know, that's just how England was at the time. Uh, he was, he was quite old. He, um, he was in his 40s when I was born. So, you know, at this point, you know, I'm 10 or 11. He's, you know, in his 50s. Um, so he was he was a staunch old dude, hard, hard worker. Um, his parents were publicans. So he was very, you know. Um, he was worldly as well. He, yeah, he, he'd seen some shit as well. So, um, you know, and they, and they were great people. There's, there's absolutely no, you know, no contrary to that. Really hardworking people as well. And then, yeah, so I sort of hit uh hit teenage years and started talking to my mum again and and all these sort of things and and sort of maybe put one foot back into that sort of that sort of area, you know, like it was you know all my old friends and stuff like that, and sort of you know I started heading back there for weekends and I mean, I was really lucky because I got to leave that place on Sunday, um, and there was a lot of people there. You know, I got I got friends from those times that are, you know, in jail doing you know lengthy terms and and stuff like that. It's just sort of the environment, but it it is choice. It is choices that people make. But yeah, I, look, man, I've I've grown up around uh, people with addiction problems. And I honestly think it's just a weaker choice. People that think addiction is a disease and there's nothing you can do about it. Nah, I, I, I don't buy into that. You know, I used to work in security and nightclubs and pubs. And, you know, I used to party hard and, and all those sort of things. But Sunday morning is when it stops because you've got to go to work on Monday. Like yeah. you can party hard all weekend. And, that, and that's where you see people making decisions and you watch it go from, all oh, right, we'll finish up at Sunday lunchtime and then it's, oh, might as well just go till Monday and then they're losing their jobs. And then, you know what yeah, I mean? Like it, yeah. it is just shitty choice after shitty choice. That, that I think, yeah, I think addiction is, is the easy choice uh, in, in a world of hard decisions. Um, oh, life is never easy. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it and it doesn't matter whether you whether you're earning a uh, million dollars a year or you're earning thirty five thousand dollars a year or or a hundred dollars a year. Yep, life is life is hard. A lot of lot of shitty things come your way, and a lot of those choices that you're not getting dumped with. I mean, nobody has a choice if their if their parents uh, live or die, grandparents live or die. That's just going to happen anyway. Yeah, but you have to deal with it. Yep, and. You know, it can be shit. Oh yeah, it can be really shit. You know, mm. even, even the death of an animal. You know, like every, yeah. every every dog or cat I've ever lost, I've never enjoyed the experience. It's been crap. You yeah. know, I've never never wanted to go to work the next day and just think, no, nah, I'm just gonna sit here and be miserable by myself because this is just crap. But then, yep. but then you've got to get up and yeah, kick it all over again, mm. restart.
0: So, uh, where did where did life begin for you, Rick? Oh, here yeah, this is yeah this is because you've got an interesting story, yeah. multi multi uh, continental story. Yeah, have yeah. Well, I was um I, I was
1: adopted. Okay. Yeah. So my uh my naughty mum and my naughty dad <laughs> were um were office colleagues. So my mum, uh, this is my. Biological parents. Yep. Um, so my bi- biological mother and biological father, um, they worked together. Uh, and uh, looking at the date when I was born, um, there must have been a Christmas party. Oh. Um, something, right. something went uh, pear-shaped and it's like, uh-oh.
0: Yeah, right. So
1: uh, my dad was already uh, married and he already had kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mum didn't. So she left Melbourne and moved to Perth and put me up for, uh, for adoption. Yep. Leading up to that, so my, my mum was uh, born and bred WA and uh, my father, um, my adopted father is Canadian. Mm-hmm. No, my mum was on a cruise liner and she was the, the nurse on the cruise liner. And what had happened is the owner of the ship uh, died on the boat. And as nautical law, you have to actually go to the closest port all the non-essential personnel have to be offloaded, and only just the essential personnel have to stay on the ship. Because uh, my mum was his personal nurse, and he was a fairly old guy. Look, he was he was in his late eighties. Mm-hmm. So she was once he was no longer well, he wasn't alive. So then they all had to go off, mum included, even though she was the nurse on the boat, but she was actually his immediate nurse. Yep. So she uh, she landed at a place called Port Alberni, which is um, on the coast, of west coast of Canada. So she landed there and my dad was, was there. So she obviously had to, you know, do something. So, you know, she had to get money to get home and all that sort of stuff. So she went and applied for work at the local hospital. And, of course, then, of course, she started going out and meeting people and she met uh, met my dad. And then uh, over a period of, uh, of a couple of years, um, my grandparents came over and, and uh, went to Canada to visit and that sort of stuff. And then they've uh, come back. And then they've uh, bought a mine, and this mine was in a place called Friendly Creek, which is basically between Marble Bar and Buttfuck Nowhere. Yeah. So it's it's in the middle. It's middle. all mining, is Yeah, that's it. It's in the <laughs> middle of the desert. So, any, so my parents um, flew over from, from Canada to uh, back to WA, and they all started working the, the family mine, which was tin. Yep. So, yeah, probably over a year later, they decided that, you know, option to have a kid was not a bad, uh, bad idea. Okay. So they, um, rather than uh, go through all the other process, like I don't actually know whether one of them was shooting blanks or couldn't have, I never yep. really bothered to ask the question, but they, uh, they put themselves on the list for, uh, for adoption of babies. And they went down to Perth and, and, uh, out of the list because back then you, it was exactly like you see the orphanages. The yeah. kids are all lined yep. up and you get to go in there and have a look. And if you uh, meet the criteria and and off you go, our biggest family joke and mum used to tell this for years and it was just, it used to come up every Christmas she sort of said that you know the dog cost 100 and you only cost 30 and I said yeah, I reckon to get better value out of the dog you know <laughs> come for years yeah so so yeah so they went they came down to Perth went through all the adoption process and uh, picked me up for 30 bucks and uh, and took me back up to uh, to Friendly Creek yep. so we were there for uh, for about a year Um. after that and then my dad, uh, being Canadian, just sort of said, and of course the heat there was extreme. You know, they're averaging like oh, yeah,
0: Canadian. Oh yeah, so <laughs> most
1: most days in summertime it was you know in and around forty, and then occasionally you get those mm. really bad ones where it's high forties and mm. stuff like that. You know, it's, and then uh, wintertime, of course, had dropped down to sort of like the the low thirties. So yeah. for him, you know, yep. he just wasn't used to it. So he had had a good few years of that, and he just sort of said, "No, nah, I'm um, I'm not." not in for this little this little play that's, I'm, yep. I'm going to go back to Canada. So the family during that time, he went back to Canada uh, and uh, my grandfather father and uh, grandmother and and my uncle, they all sort of like, uh, my uncle wanted to sort of be the manager of the mine. So what he did was he decided to to go in shares with another bigger company to help us get more equipment and stuff like that. But he went in even Steven. So rather than having, you know, 40, 51% yep. uh, majority shareholder, he went in 50, 50 um, not really understanding what happened. And of course, they had the money, they had the power, so they pretty much bought us out. Yep. We couldn't match it, so the mine got sold to these guys. Oh, I don't even know what price it yeah. was, you know, which uh, one of those things I never, once again, never bothered to ask. Yeah, yeah. just got uh, got sold. And um, so then the, we ended up, uh, leaving so, and that was probably maybe I don't know maybe six months after my dad had headed back to Canada. So at that stage, of course, yeah, you know, there was no phones out where we were, so everything's just sending letters. So we had to drive into uh, into Wim Creek yep. and uh, deposit letters there, and then when the posties come through and grab them, then they take them into Port Hedland or Carath or wherever they go. And, and nine and
0: months later, your letter gets to that,
1: Canada. That's it, yeah. So all by a ship and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so then, Mum decided. Okay, we'll, we'll head back over to Canada and and uh, and see my dad. So we we rolled up uh, rolled up over there, and in uh, this time, of course, you know this was uh, in the you know in the early seventies. So he he at that stage he'd started to get into smoking pot. Um, you know his life had changed. Yeah. You know he was still was probably still the same guy in a lot of ways, but Mum's gone over there and sort of said, you know, look, you what's going on? And he sort of said, oh, I'm just like what I'm doing now. He was. Um, like working for somebody as a sign writer you yep. know just that was his trade yep. uh, doing that and he was just smoking pot and drinking and racing cars and that was his he was just <laughs> he was just doing that was his yeah, thing he was happy yeah. so and mum sort of said nah this is this is not the life for us. We yep. don't we don't want to be a part of this if you can clean yourself up we'll uh, we'll have another crack at it but if if you can't we'll just we'll see how it goes. So mum, so how old are you at this point? Uh, I would be sitting at probably uh, 3. Okay. 3 yep. to 4. Yeah, so somewhere a in there. Baby. Yep. Still 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 a baby. Um so yeah, we moved back to to WA and um I started school uh, I think first school was uh, in Eaton. Actually it was so I started school in in Eaton because my grandparents were, were in Eaton. And um then we went back again we were going back probably twice a year just mm-hmm. to, to see you know see how things were going yep. and over a period of probably about 2 years Mum just sort of said that nah, this I don't think this is going to work anymore. Yep. You know, Dad, and at this stage, Dad was already starting to change. He would started to say, okay, well, I need to start rather than growing my hair long down to my shoulders, need to cut it, and yeah, you yep. know, I need to sort of like get off the pot. I want to have my own business and build mm-hmm. my own sign shop, which he which he started. He started that in seventy three.
0: Sorry, how old was your father at this point? Um, let me see.
1: He would have been probably. Probably early 30s. Okay, so yeah. there's that,
0: that point in your life That's where that you sort of get a bit off the rails and yeah, get your the, shit back together. Yep. The, the, the,
1: switch, the switch happens. Yep. Okay. You know, he, look, he lost his dad really young mm-hmm. as well, you know, of course, you know, and then and there's not that person to, tr- to try no. and get the info. Yeah, you, know? you try and figure it
0: out yourself. That's it,
1: try and figure it out yourself. And, and sort of, uh, he was fairly independent. Um, good straight shooter of a guy, you know, he's one of those people that um, you wouldn't like him to give you the. A conversation in around something that you needed to be subtle with. Mm-hmm. He was the house brick. Okay. You know, you just need to do this because that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, why are you putting up with this? So, and that's yep. what I learned later on. He was very direct. Sometimes too direct, but mm. you know, sometimes to get a message across, you've got to you be direct. To be. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't put it in shades. You've mm-hmm. got to go. Well, this is it. This is a black, black, and that's all it is. Bang, and you get it. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, um, mum and dad parted companies, and uh, we would do like annual trips. You know every year back over to Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, And we sort of didn't realise, you know, sort of dad, and dad was one of these people. He would prefer to have everyone in his company happy and and flourishing money-wise than to look after himself. Yep. So he, he invested all of his time and all of his effort making sure his staff were happy and not looking enough after himself, Yep. you know, and making sure that, that he and my stepmom now Marilyn were looked after. They'd go and work, but they would just take a wage out of out of a business that yeah. you know was and it was a it was a good business. They were pretty much putting signs up at this stage, you know, all all over the uh, west coast of Canada. Yeah, right. So they had a really good business, um, but it was just managed poorly, you know. And he would do nice things like you know he had um, he gave his secretary. Um, uh Barb, he had her for for years we end up giving her money for a deposit for a house yeah right you know that she could just pay back out of her pay at you know whatever it is 20 bucks a week whatever you know yeah, back, back yeah, then yeah, obviously yeah. it, was, it would, would have been chicken feed but that's the kind of that's the kind of bloke he was yeah right um but he had to once again he had to find himself after the uh all the pot and spending money on race cars and you know all, all the stuff that he was that you typically do when you're a single guy by yourself but yeah just man <laughs> go going <laughs> yeah, hard at it absolutely so yeah so we went uh, living in uh in in wa and and uh, he was obviously on the west coast of canada and we just do our trips you know every year to get to get over there and uh obviously as i got older then those trips then had to span out uh less frequently because obviously once you get to i think it's 10 or 12 you know your your adult seats so there's no half prices yeah. so then yep. it becomes more difficult to go okay now you know the two of us now it's the price of two adults you know yeah. and so and back at that stage the prices of airfares haven't changed. Yeah, I can remember. I can remember uh, us spending, you know, like uh, thirty six hundred dollars for for both of us to go to to, to Canada, and and uh, my son and I spent the exact same amount, like you know, two three years ago. Yeah, you right. know what I mean. So the prices haven't changed, which is which is really surprising. So it would have been super expensive back then. Yeah. to do the same yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: same dollar amount. Same the, dollar the amount. Uh, the price, you know the. The dollar back then was just nothing. Yeah, like it is now.
1: You know, flights around the world now are nothing. Back Mm. then, you know, you flew anywhere. Yeah, you know, it was just crazy. So I was really lucky in in a family that just wanted to. My mum loved travelling. You Mm -hmm. know, she she'd got off really early in life and she she'd gone all over uh, Europe. And then obviously gone all through the States. So she yeah, was no, well she was well travelled.
0: Yeah, it would have been unreal back oh, then. Oh yeah, mm. that's
1: right, you know. And and so less less global trouble too, you know. So you mm-hmm. could just you could go out and do stuff and, and not worrying about sort of sudden being a bomb attack or something yeah. like that, like there is yeah. now, or driving down the street and there's all of a sudden, you know, somebody tries to run half mm. the people in the street over. So there wasn't any of that. So yeah, the
0: population probably would have been about a quarter back then as yeah. well what it
1: is now. That's exactly right. Mm. So yeah, so um we end up just staying staying in WA and I ended up doing my you know, know annual trips and then it got to a stage when i started doing those trips by myself and and uh that was really, really good for me, you know, getting on a plane by yourself. And
0: What sort of age did you start doing that?
1: Uh, I think it was probably about 12.
0: Yeah, right. So, yeah, okay. did my,
1: and, you know, and, and my mum and dad would just organise with the uh, with the airline that yeah, the that stewards would look after front. me. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah give, me, give me all the colour and books yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. And, you know, sh- when it was time, they'd come through and sort of say, oh, you know, do you want to go to the toilet and all that yep. sort of stuff? Oh, yes, please. You know, sort of, you we'll know, all those big, scary, big, scary go. things, yeah, you know. Right. And I'd never have to sit by myself. I'd always be sitting right up near the stewards and stewardesses. So, you know, that was that was really good. And that's how we're sort of like uh, my my travelling bug also grew because yeah, you know, or sort you
0: sort of, of throw it into it and just sort of grown with it, I suppose. Yeah, and it was Being never normal. Yeah,
1: it was <laughs> never sort of a hassle, you know. So and mm. and look, I was uh, I was just really lucky, really really yeah. blessed that that mum was willing to 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 want to do the travel. Yep, you know, and and save the money because at, at that particular stage too is that you know there was a stage there where she wasn't. Um, she wasn't working a hell of a lot. She was literally a home home mum. You know, yep. I remember. I remember we bought uh, we bought our first house in uh, in, Kabul, in 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 Collins Street, and this this place was four thousand bucks. So mum saved up this four thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it literally was uh, a one bedroom uh, tin house. It was yeah, literally right. tin tin walls yeah. on the inside, yep. tin walls on the outside. And it was just the coldest place in wintertime and the, the hottest, hottest place in summer still. days it was just unbelievable <laughs> but what we ended up doing this sort of like there was uh one it was literally it was one bedroom and then a sleep out at the front mm-hmm. um, but what we did was because uh, when I was younger is we just put wardrobes to separate both rooms so mum and I yep. had share the same room with this, with these wardrobes being the being the wall and that sort of stuff so that's and that was our little little house and I can just yeah, remember all right. the, all good time and I'd, I'd go around to friends' places and and see, they're really nice, you know, walls, wall, 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 walls, four bedrooms, two bedrooms. Like, holy hell, this what do you is. You mean there's a wall here? A, yeah, it's a, yeah. And and you know, having having to walk 20 metres down the, the backyard to go yeah. to go and have a pee in in the early hours of the morning. And uh, I remember getting the first scare in my life when the old night cart came in. You know, I'm sitting on the crapper yeah, yeah. there, and he As rips it rips it out. tray out, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a guy's hand, in they just dragging the tray out. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know. So now, now I look back. There was so many good times um, yep. in Kaguili when we moved up there. We we actually moved up to Kaguili because uh, my mum's brother was up there, and and uh, his his wife um, Dorothy got really sick. She, okay. ended, she ended up passing yep. um, from cancer. So mum decided she was going to actually move to Kaguili and be there to support her brother because her brother also had three kids. Yep. And um. So we moved up, and then Ron sort of he wasn't in much of a condition to look after the the, the kids because he was he was also a suffering alcoholic as well. Okay. So he was not really in a good spot. Yep. Um, in that way, so he actually moved down to my grandparents back in Eton and then we stayed in Cal. Mm. You know, so... And, I, I look, I, I loved Kalgooey. William, had the the best bunch of friends and, and the guys that I grew up with and all the fun that we had. You know, I couldn't imagine living in a, in a better better spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, playing playing sport and riding bikes and, you know, yep. you know building cars and, and that sort of stuff. That was just the fun that we had. You know, I remember just going down to the Wreckers and, and buying a car for, like, 50 bucks and you just think, this thing's just junk. You have a play with it and all of a sudden, you know, That's a week weird. later you're driving it out in the bush, crashing a tree. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? And that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was a really good good time so you know basically getting from sort of like a, a whippersnipper just traveling you know across the uh across the continent and go from one kind of yeah, to another yeah, and man. then
0: it's, yeah. Yeah, it's really bizarre it so, I mean, that's the that's the funny thing about where i was at at 12 and like you know 20 years beforehand where you were at at 12 like it's just yeah it's really it's funny how you know <coughs> stories you know find a way of of being in the same book like you know you went through all that and then all this and then and then at some point you know like we meet and like it's oh you've gone through all that i went through all my shit and then here we are at the same place and time that's the that's the thing that fascinates me
1: oh yeah look and it's just coming together with with people along the way, you just don't know how you get there. You yeah. So, I mean, that that it is it is an old saying. We all start off on different boats, but when you're here, you're all in the same yeah. boat now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just how we meet people along the way and how you connect with people. Mm. You know, I mean, I was I was lucky. Maybe, maybe because I I did a lot of traveling and stuff early, making me I like people. Yeah. I freaking love people. If, yep. if I if, if I didn't deal with people, I don't know. I don't, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. You know, most people say, Oh, I can't stand dealing with people. You get so but people is what we're all about. You know, it's we're
0: literally the be all and end all of existence. That's like it. Everything yeah. you've ever heard about happened to a person. Yep. <laughs> everything it. you've driven, walked on, sat in, looked at is generally from a person. <laughs> yeah. And and people are interesting. E- everyone
1: has a story. Uh and though they, they people think they, they don't have a story, you know, you all mm. get to somewhere and there's you know people say oh no, I got a I got a boring story you know and every every one of my friends at the funerals that I've that have gone to a lot of people that have passed uh, you look at their end story and you go oh wow
0: they had a cool life it's a shame it takes till right at the end isn't it
1: yeah and most people don't don't realize mm. you know like just but you influence people along the way you know you can have you know just little conversations along the way great chats with people and just pick up things and just make connections and then those connections make other connections Mm. and that is just the way the circle goes yeah you know it is just so simple dealing with people just gives it gives me so much satisfaction
0: yeah yeah people people are interesting they are I'm not the biggest biggest people person um unless I sort of need to be but I got over people really early in my adult life. Um, So, you know, you know, you know what I, you know, I worked in security. Uh, Started bouncing, I think it was three or four days after my 19th birthday.
1: Yeah, that's young. Yeah. That's that's before you really know how to to deal with people. Yeah.
0: was the worst at dealing with people. I just thought if someone got out of line, you smacked them in the mouth. And so I held my security licence for two years, about two years and uh, maybe three months, I suppose. And in that two years and three months, I've seen the absolute arsehole of society. And I was probably part of it. Um, you know, I've seen people that can't handle alcohol and make a really, really stupid decisions, and I was one of them. Um <laughs> You know, and yeah, but I I worked in security, uh, at stints there six nights a week. I mean, you know, by the time Sunday comes around and you've been on the door every night since Tuesday, you're just like, Oh, just don't be a dick tonight. (laughs) So not in the mood. It was, yeah, it's probably just living a really crappy life and not sleeping and all these sort of things that add up to that. But I I learn a lot about people as well. Um, I I think that I can deal with a lot of situations now in daily life because I can deal with people that are full of piss and want to take your head off or someone else's head or, you know, talking down three or four people that are trying to take your head off. Like, you can stand in the middle of a group and calm it down. I think you've still got a lot to learn about the way people act. But yeah, no security was a was a really good educator um, on 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 people on addiction and you know alcohol and drugs and and uh, and 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 conflict. I think it's a really oh. good way to learn about conflict.
1: Yeah, well, look, I was the same. I mean, I did security for six years. Yep. And being the size that I am, you know, it was a Lot harder for me to convince people that you know what I was saying was legitimate, yeah. so I had to spend a lot of time talking before we had to get physical. Because obviously, yep. for me to get physical, then it was gonna, it was always gonna be hard work, yeah. You know, like almost, I'm, well, I'm five nine, 155 pounds, you know, so yep. um, you know, it was never gonna be sort of like a, an easy thing trying to get out somebody yeah. who's six foot five, you know, you yeah, know, you know, 210 pounds, yep. so it's always gonna be work. So for me, yeah, learning those having people skills and learning to chat and just calm things down yeah. And as you say you know you get the you get the meridian of, of people to deal with mm-hmm. you know and, and it's the pack mentality that is the that's is the killer that's now. the killer and
0: literally thing. is the killer now yeah,
1: yeah. look I mean I, I remember we had uh, we had a, a big scene and it was a Sunday session because there was only three of us on I think yeah. four maybe four. Three, so there was um, two at the door and then one inside. Because Sunday sessions were always pretty calm, but we had uh, there was a group of ten guys that were uh, in there, and then you know a few more started coming in, and they're all friends and they're all on the terps. And then I think they started to. I think I started chucking beer at that stage. So we've gone over there to say, "Well, hey, look, guys, come on, come, calm, calm down." Mm-hmm. And of course, then it started to elevate because you know I think I think it might have been maybe f- twelve or fourteen guys. Yeah, and it would have been
0: one dude that was just being dick and then they just get yeah. all amped up around him. And yeah, and
1: I remember it sort of it went it went pear shape pretty quick. You know, started mm-hmm. to get the push and the shove, and then what are you going to do? And then of course, then there's there's three onto. Onto you know twelve yeah. or fifteen, whatever whatever it was. So it ended up being like we're we we're picking up pool cues, and it was pretty much just just survival, go, survival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just keep keep going through and just throwing pool balls and stuff. It got it got messy as yeah. But it's that it was the pack mentality that you couldn't you couldn't stop. And look, that's that's that is primal. That's, that, that is primal one of our That most is yeah, yeah, yeah human most primal languages. things. Yeah, you know is and look. If you look at those guys, you know, one of them I think oh, I'm just protecting my friends. Yeah, you know, and then there's us. We're doing the same things. We're as a as a security group, we're protecting our friends, which is yep. each other. Yep. You know, so either way, it was going to be—it was all this primal stuff was going on. Uh, lucky enough, the cops got down there, sort of—you know—relatively quick. It only went on for about, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. in that particular stage, I think we might have busted a few windows, and you know, it wasn't a single pool cue that was in is yeah. in play, and all the every single pool ball that we could get hold of was <laughs> was off. You know, so um, it was—it it got messy really, really quick. Yeah, but the biggest problem was is that the original guy that got involved with the first conversation to sort of calm things down he he didn't handle that very well and of course then that just amped everything yeah you know and we've had it, we had a couple of situations similar over the years um where just you know wrong place wrong time and just wrong person yeah wrong person, person just yeah. first first responder sort <laughs> of thing you know and it got yeah. got pretty pretty bad but security was the best thing because I learnt to deal with people like calmly, even even though they need they use spit going in your face and they're yeah. sort of and they're pointing their finger at you and that sort of thing. You just keep Hoking going. You in
0: the chair, yeah, yep, right up. Oh, yeah, I it's, used to hate when I could smell <laughs> smelling people's breath in my face, yelling at me, and it's just like
1: yeah. I mean, one of the one of the situations I remember. And, and it was, this, this is getting really nasty because this was one of the, one of the, the, the bike gangs were involved in, and, and one of the head guys was, he was just ripping into, uh, our, our, head owner and he was just magnificent. He just sat there cause he knew the guy very well as well. you know, yeah. that sort of, you know, so they knew each other outside of, you know, outside of, the, of his club and then outside of, outside of the work. So, and he was literally in his face and every time some of us kept going closer, you could just see him just put his hand, just give it a small wave down. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll get this. We it won't go pear shaped mm. because of course we're looking at this big, massive group of guys thinking, yeah, what do we got? Okay. We got, we got eight in here. Yeah. They, they've got, they've got eight, but I guarantee you, somebody's sending a text right now and there's yeah. going to be 20 down here if this goes, goes under. And, of course, you know, their 20 isn't going to come in just, you know,
0: no. nice as pies. Have it's, a drink. Yeah, that's it, yeah. It's <laughs> coming in swinging. Coming,
1: in, coming in swinging. So um, just listen, watching him initially just handle this situation where it was just roaring in his face and just everyone's thinking, no, nah, there's no way he's going to mm. calm down from this. No way. Because he was obviously on gear as well, you yeah. know, just tap, tapped out really bad. Yeah. And, and he eventually just it, it, it came down. Came down slowly. Came down a bit more, you know, and then they sort of started to just separate. I mean, at this stage, they they were they were two inches apart. Yeah, and literally it was literally nose on nose, you know, sort yeah. of. and it was like that close, and it's just like, man, this cannot go any other way because I would have looked at it and gone, if somebody was doing that to me, the first and thing beyond, I, yeah. that's it, I wouldn't have let yeah. it get and that close. He was stop breathing. But now. yeah, <laughs> but that's it, yeah. And but he's he just calmed him right down, and, yep. and we watched this transpire, and then yeah, obviously we had a big debrief about it afterwards, and yeah. and talked about it because. Yeah, it was just something that you just wouldn't expect it to happen. Yeah, but.
0: I, used to, I used to have a the first security company I worked for was um, look it was it was really good. The guy that run it um, was was much like that. He was a phenomenal negotiator with people. He was he was yeah, Darren. He's uh, he's since passed away, but um, really really soft spoken guy, really nice guy, got along with everyone, and could talk. Anyone down? Eh? It was unbelievable. Even even me. Like they'd send him into the nightclub to calm me down. You see him come up the stairs yeah. and be like, oh, I "Must have fucked up." Because here. <laughs> yeah, Darren, come Oops. up. What's, what's going on? Rick? What's going on? That's it. <laughs> He's just yeah. like, "No, man, I know." You'd no. be like, "What's going on, man? Come over here. Let's have a chat." And you're over in the corner, like you. right, yeah, no, yeah, okay, no, you're, you're right. right. You're right. And you go. All right, just go over there. Just chill out. Just calm down and let it go back out the front.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's a life skill though. It is.
0: It's a life skill. You definitely need the right person in those roles.
1: Yeah, unfortunately and there's been certain times, you know, over time where, you know, the escalation, the elevation of, of incidents is is more often than not. Yeah. You know, and that's what I found in the pub. I got to the stage when when I finished, the escalation process was just ramping. And probably the, the worst thing that I found is that there was a lot of guys that got into security and um take it how you want, a lot of them were were boxers and kickboxers. Yep. So unfortunately their first natural instinct was to hit. Yeah. You know, and of course a lot of these guys would do so much damage, you yeah. know, because especially with somebody that wasn't quite ready for it, they go whack and down they go and they just drag them out. Yeah. You know, they'd be into the flower pot outside and be like, Oh, Jesus, you know. Yeah. yeah whereas there was the option To talk, yeah, and unfortunately,
0: that wasn't getting used as often as it should have. Yeah, so I I was—I never talked. (laughs) Never. I'm, I'm, I'm like the person you like. I'm the, I'm that sort of person you're talking about. I was really look. I tried, uh, and I used to try pretty well, and I got pretty good at it by the end of it. But it did take me like a couple of years, like I said, of doing it three, four, five, six nights a week. Um, you know, before, uh, it's probably an age thing as well. Like, you know, I was 19, I'd seen, you know, I'd seen some shit, you know, I'd been through some shit, I was pretty good with people, you know, in in those sort of environments. But, oh man, I, my my fight or flight was just instant fight. Like, it was just a switch that was always on, just waiting, you know, to, and it was... It's bad, man. It could have been bad so many more times than it was. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was notorious for it. It was fucking bad. It was that
1: fear of flight engine. I mean, everyone's got it. Yeah, and and some some people. Uh, if you haven't been brought up as say in a situation where you've been yeah. confronted by a lot of that sort of stuff, yeah. um it's automatically for, for for flight. Yeah. You know, and look that and everyone's got a self protective mechanism. Mm. I and mean, here's a perfect example. I mean I've I've uh, I've been involved in jiu-jitsu now since eighty uh, nine, I think it was when I started. Yep. And used to watch the movies, you know, somebody go up there and break their neck yep. like that. Well, you know, I can tell you this, you physically can't. Yeah. Because the, the body has a shutdown mechanism which doesn't allow you to twist the head to a certain point and break it because the body just shuts down and the shoulders yeah, and then turn. It. Yeah. That's it. There's, there's, the body will pass out to allow the shoulders and the hips and everything to turn. Yeah. So you physically can't break somebody's neck. You you have to do something extreme. Yeah. You can't just go up there and just grab their chin and grab their head and go, yeah. like they do in the movies and go, Oh shit, he's dead. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't happen. You know, yeah. the body has a lot of those inbuilt mechanisms to protect itself. That's yeah. why when you get knocked out, you know, the, the brain, everything gets shut down. Yeah,
0: it just goes limp to. Yeah, that's it. So it's not rigid. Yeah. But yeah,
1: but there's a, there's a difference. And he, here's the difference. And you can sort of see if somebody has a neurological failure, their body goes stiff and they fall. If somebody gets hit with a punch, the body sees it, the body shuts down on impact. And then that's why the body crumples. Yeah, it, right. doesn't, it doesn't go dead man fall. Whereas yep. if the body has a neurological shutdown, that's why you see people, they just, you know, all of a sudden they go stiff and they go bang. That's because that mechanism, that fear of flight is not able to take effect. Okay. And that's why That's why people getting knocked out, that's generally why they just crumple up like a bag. Yeah. And they just everything just falls down and those unlucky ones that actually fall back you know their body just collapsed in two bits they probably hit their bum first then yeah. their the head goes and the back head. and they crack their head those unlucky ones just don't crumple enough Yep, you know so and you and you get to see these things and look at it. so that's one of the things i I got i learned to see on the
0: door a lot you see mm.
1: yeah you see on the door a lot you know, it's horrible horrible stuff but the the group of guys that i met look one of my one of my best mates um justin and i had the privilege of going to his wedding um last weekend um he and i met through through bouncing and i i i never changed a thing known full well that you know the only way i would have met him is through that job yep and a lot of other good guys too i met yeah. some fantastic yeah, guys yeah. and real real a real brotherhood of people who yep. who have your back and that's probably the one thing that sort of like uh, sport is good for you know your mates have your back you know the that security business they they all had your back mm. but the thing is that you knew that everyone there had your back. Yeah. Uh, and then because they've got you back, they're, they're your friends as well, you know, it yeah. just extends into a different... It's just a
0: little, another little tribe. Yeah, yeah, exactly what it is. Yep.
1: Yeah. So it was, that was good Good life, good life at, at that time. But when it finished, um, very, very happy camper. Mm. Very happy camper to see the back of that and go, yeah, I don't think I'll come back to this. It took yeah. me probably about three years before I even wanted to enter that pub again because I went back like about a month or so later when I wasn't actually working. Mm and I couldn't shut down. Yeah. I was in there, I was looking at all these guys. I, I still do it. Oh, I do I too. still do
0: it. I can still walk in a pub. I
1: I scan. I, I still, pick up
0: glasses. I, I pick up empty glasses and put them on the bar because I don't want to get hit with them later. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you uh, learn, learn um, yeah. all these things. I, I still, I'm, if I'm still looking at, at, at somebody, I'll look at the way they're holding a oh, the glass, you holding a smoke.
0: I can spot you. You can do yeah, it as well. When you're it. working it long enough and you stand there watching people and yeah. watching one beer five beers, eight beers, and then watch them change. You yep. spot it at two beers instead of five beers, and then you spot it. Yeah,
1: yeah. you didn't them. I was watching them. Which, which hand they pick their glass up with, you know, if yep. they smoke, which hand they smoke, which one they click the lighter with. Yep. Have a look at which way the belt's done up, left or right, try and pick, okay. All those habits I learned yeah. when I was secured to make sure that if I'm going to see something coming, I want to eliminate yeah. every last tweak yep. until I know that that's the thing, mm. you know. And when I left, so coming back in, you know, I'd see these guys that I knew and I'd be still, one of them jumped down off their box, I'd be looking going, where's he going, where's he going, is he all right? Is anyone else looking at him? And you look around and go, how come you're not off his seat as well? He's gone, he's not. What's going on here? And then I'd, then I'd say, hang on, I'm just going to just go for a walk. And then, you know, some of my friends would say, what are you, what are you doing? You don't, we're not working anymore. Yeah, I know these guys. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, so went for a point and just went, no, I'm not. I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm not, go, not going back into this. It was just yep. not, not for me. Yeah, it's,
0: it's high stress. It's hard on your body. It's hard on, you know, it, well it for, for 20 bucks an hour to have somebody raging, don't you? 20? I'm like, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It's getting 15. It's a, you're getting ripped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. It was, um, oh, man, it's, it is a really strange environment. And it's definitely built for kids. Like it's, it's not an old people's game. Um, not, absolutely not, not unless you
1: want to talk with people and you want to you want yeah to talk yeah them. yeah and
0: that's you know
1: sort of where
0: you know if yeah if you went in now it would be purely to talk i'm too old oh. <laughs> like i'm not fit enough now no.
1: you just wouldn't want to put yourself through that trauma now it's
0: not worth it. it's no. not i used to like even even back then and you know um so I started, like I said, with that with that guy and his company. And look, were, there was a few really, really good guys in it. But then there was some people that just weren't supposed to do security. Um, so when you talk about like knowing that they had your back, the first company I worked for, you didn't. You thought, you, uh, you hoped. But I mean, there was times, man, I'd, I'd jump off my box and run into the middle of the dance floor and try and break up three, four, five, six people fighting. and... And being there for two minutes before anyone else got there, sort of thing, and two minutes—like it doesn't sound like a lot—but two minutes when people are swinging at you and kicking you and punching you, and you're trying to protect one person—it's a lot. It's a long time, man. man.
1: Sounds, sounds like you've been in the—I've been in the same stomping ground. Yeah, I've got stomped a couple of times.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, and then I—I I went to work for another security company, and uh, and that was the first thing. That was that was. That was rules, you know, the rule of employment. And they just said, look, you never back down. Never back down. Our security company is built on having a strong presence. So you never back down. If someone's looking for trouble and it happens to be you, well, you've just got to deal with it. And uh, and, and and he said, you know, that's that's rule one. And he said, if you follow rule one, everyone will be there for you. And if it goes beyond the nightclub, we'll have you back outside of work as well. He said, but never, ever. The, the minute that you back down from one, 10, 30 people, you're done. That's it. You're out of the business. And so, yeah, that was just the mentality, man. And it was fucking wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, we got a new contract, um, like, just around the time I started working for that company. And, uh, you know, we had a new manager at the pub and a new contract. And we walked in and and said, look, there's no easy way to tell you this. We're going to set a benchmark. And the manager's like, what? (laughs) He's like, we've got to set a benchmark. It's going to be easier on us in the future. We're we're going to be hard for the next three months, nonstop. Everything's going to get brought up and and it's going to be a a swift response. And the manager's like, can can I stop this? <laughs> and yeah. the company was like, "Well, no, <laughs> no, it's it's coming with you want it." Or yep. Not. yep. And so, so we walked into this this new pub, and uh, and it was wild, man. It was like if you were looking for trouble in in Mandurah at the time, it, and and you and you went to this place, it, it was a wrong decision. It was gonna security find you. gonna security gonna pull your card every time, man. And and so we did. We went through hell, for, you know, twelve weeks, easy twelve weeks. And then it got good. You just, you, you, you didn't go to that pub and fuck around anymore. That was, it was known. It was known that you just didn't go there and mess around because it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really good. But I mean, even, you know, I'm, you know, talking like, yeah, 1920 at this point, And oh, man, I remember just some days waking up, sore hands, sore face, sore ribs, exhausted, just like, why am I doing this? Even at 20, just like. It's gotta be something better than this, surely. <laughs> yeah.
1: But well, that's the thing, is it was you're probably the same as me, you know. For for me it was it was a it was a second job, you know, for, wow. for me. So yeah. I mean, you know, for, for you as your probably it was my your primary, primary job. job yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. So for me it sort of was it was a way to supplement some some extra income. Yep. And I thought, oh, you know, it'd be it'd be good, you know. It'd be like, easy. Yeah, I can I'm like dealing with people, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm 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 okay, I can handle myself all right. Yep. So um but then, yeah, you, then you start putting the, the two comp in together. Okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll start work on my own job at, uh, say, get up at six in the morning and you know, mm. be starting work by seven. And then uh, you work all day through to 5.30 and then you come home for a couple of hours and then you, then you go out at 10 and then you've, then you got to punch on through till, you know, three or four in the morning. Yeah. And then you, and you, you know, the course, you're never going to make right decisions on that. Cause you're always no, tired and grumpy. Yeah, and, 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 and then, yeah. you know, the tired you get, the grumpier you get, Yep. you know, so that was probably not a smart, Way to go, either. Yeah. You know, but at the time, it seemed like a, a good way to go and yep. a nice way to sort of yeah, get get some extra cash. Yeah. Look back at it now, it's just like, man, what a lost time! what a dummy. Yeah. God damn, you know, all, I say, all the, all those thumps in the back of the head and yeah. you know all, all the stompings and bits and pieces, you know, it's just like wow for 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 a little bit of pocket change, really. Yeah,
0: you, know? you couldn't pay me enough now to go to the nightclub and get punched in the face. Oh, not
1: not not when you know, look, you you drive downtown and you you see things how just pear shape they go and it's just yeah. like nah why, why would you want to be anywhere near that mm. it's just not worth the hassle you know yeah god bless all the little children that got to go put themselves through it now and, and they're so gonna do it There's, they're gonna they're the gonna do it it's gonna keep it's going it's gonna, keep gonna going.
0: 18 and go out drinking partying, carrying on like idiots it's just like god it's just a rite of passage i suppose yeah it is you gotta
1: do it so where did you uh, when you finished security you mm. end up uh, jumping onto where
0: so i lost my security license i uh
1: just couldn't find it in the wash. <laughs> Something like <laughs> yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, so I uh, I got into a fight the uh, night on my twenty first, and it was bad. It was bad. I ended up fracturing the dude's skull, um, and I got charged for that. Um, so yeah, it was exactly like you said. I missed him with the right, got him with the left, and he and he just just dropped and and you know, tall fella, and it just, yeah, his legs just gave out, and just full force from, you know, essentially sitting on your knees all the way back to your head, uh, I heard the sound, and I knew it wasn't good, um, so I spent that night in lockup, um, and then yeah, I went through the the long court case drama, um, that, that you know, that ensued, um, So yeah, I did that, I was, uh, so around this time, I was fucking off the rails, man, so uh, you know, around uh, 21, um, so my old man died when I was uh, 16, in between year 11 and 12, just turned 16, Um, so he died at 16, I was really lucky, I was in a position, my girlfriend at the time, uh, her parents bought my stepsister in Adelaide's share of the house. She wanted to sell her half. Um so they said, look, we'll buy her half so you can, you know, you don't have to be 16 and homeless, sort of thing. Uh so they ended up buying her half of the house. Um and then I just continued to live there, which was really good. And then yes yeah, so I sort of went through, you know, all this and getting older and all these sort of things and then uh, late 20s 20 yeah I was 21 um 21 I they said look here's here's the point we you know we've been here for four or five years as half we want to buy you out we want to buy the whole house um and they said look this is what the valuer reckons it's worth so how old was I it's 21 and a bit and uh And I ended up selling my half of the house for $124,500 after settlement. So I'm a career bouncer at this point. A extremely recreational drug user. And life was just wild. I was just transient. Like I was just bouncing, you know, four, five, six nights a week. Just absolutely deep in the scene. And then all of a sudden I had $125,000 in my bank account. And... At the time, oh, at the time, I had a uh, twenty five thousand dollars debt with the bank. I was like, okay, I'm going to pay that, and then that'll leave me with a hundred. I'll spend ten, and I'll bank the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets yeah, to a hundred and ten. Right. Oh, I'm going to pay half of that debt, and I'll spend five, and then I'll bank the rest. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to eighty. And so I was lucky. So I lost my security license and I didn't have to rush to find work because I had money. Um, So what did I do? went out and bought cars and, you know, spent a week away here and a week away there and travelled and all these sort of things, clothes and booze and and everything else. Um, You know, new couch and new fridge and all this sort of stuff. Just... Stuff that I've really had no business buying, but anyway, just I was, things and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just shit, man. Just wasted it. So I spent the whole lot. Didn't even pay my debt off. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was good fun for my life to learn. At the end of all that money, that I at this point the debt was up to like thirty five thousand dollars. And I said, look, I got no money, and we need to figure out how to pay this debt. Um, Yeah. So from from security. Uh, so by the time all my court case finished up, um, I'm about 20, just probably just about 22 at that point, um, and just started looking for jobs wherever I could find them. So I started working with a mate of mine who was uh, working for a stonemason, so doing like marble bench tops yeah. and stuff like that. I went and started to learn that business. And that was really good. It was hard work. It was good fun. I was working with my best mate at the time and, and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, you know, we started doing the sensible thing and paying bills and, you know, I just just turned my life around after my court case and sort of went, look, I can't be punching people in the face anymore. I can't afford, you know, I nearly went to jail um, for that. And then so I got really, really close. I had about five or six remands up it. Um, district court in Perth that so was pretty serious uh the dude who I hit didn't want to press charges but the cops couldn't let it go so it was me versus the state of Western Australia and um you know so it's pretty serious and then yeah so um after all that I sort of said look this is you know not not for me I can't I can't risk it now um you know I had a new girlfriend in Jess, and she had a daughter. So I just tried to get my shit together and 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 try and sort it out. Uh, so yeah, work with the stonemason for six or eight months, and uh, about three months before my daughter was born, um, he said, "Look, man, I, I, you know I can't I can't afford to keep you on. Um, business is slowing down, and, and you got to find somewhere else to work." Um, you know, three months out from a newborn <laughs> alarm bells start ringing. Yeah. yeah. So it just, uh, it just all started to go downhill. So I uh, managed to, I just applied everywhere, man. So I went back to what I uh, did a fair bit of part time work in when I was bouncing. So I did start bouncing full time and then my part time job was working at like alcohol, uh, alcohol and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I just, Picked up some shutdown work, doing doing water jetting and stuff like that. And then I managed to get um, some work with Violia here in Bunbury, uh, water jetting company. And I was driving down every day. I was doing, you know, like those days when I first started was for a shutdown. So I would have to be in Bunbury at like five o'clock in the morning for the drive to Collie to do a 12 hour shift and then the drive back so I'm you know 14, 15, 16 hours out of the house Uh, and it just got too much Um, so my daughter was born and we, we just made the decision to move to Bunbury I said look there's work there it gets me away from everything else and then, yeah, so I moved to Bunbury, we, oh, we moved to Bunbury, um, and I got stuck right in to work with Veolia. It was about the first time that I sort of felt like a functioning adult as a functioning member of society. And then, yeah, man, I got just sort of stuck that out for maybe a year, and then got a job up at, up at Worsley, and, and sort of just, just went up there, and, and yeah, that's eight years ago now. It goes quick. So quick, man. Um, you know, like I, I'm pretty critical of you know. It's been the best years of my life. I gave to that place, but had I not got that job, who knows, yeah. man? Who knows where I would have been? Oh God, yeah. No. I mean, if they hadn't have taken my security license off me, you could still, yeah, man, banging
1: and trashing the same. Thing. You
0: know, like yeah. I, I was, you know, I was still going. Like even between remand dates of my court case, I was still knocking people out in the nightclub. Just doing stupid shit, like, where they said, like, don't fuck up or you will go to jail. And I was still out there punching on my people, just doing stupid shit, man. It was just, yeah, it was really, it was a really hard cycle to break. Oh, yeah. No, it is. But it was choice. It was choice. It was easier for me than dealing with all the shit going on, all the court case, all the... Wasting all that money. It was easier for me to just go out and be around people that didn't question my motives for partying. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, man, what are you doing this for? you got a fucking missus at home. You're in the middle of a court case. Yeah. You shouldn't be in this place. And so it's like, eh, Mr. Tequila.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it comes down to the friends that are around you, the ones that pull your head in. When When you're the most distracted... And so if you don't have that right group around you, you've got nobody to to even tell you to pull your head in.
0: I didn't have anyone. No. I just, again, it was just being 10 all over again. I sort of went, all right, this is enough. Enough's enough. It was probably finding out that Jess was pregnant that sort of made me go, all right, don't be a fuck up for this kid like you were let down in like your early years. It was just like, all right, get your shit together.
1: Reprogram, reboot, Mm, restart.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, so I sort of hit that point and, and yeah, man, just just turned it around a bit. And, you know, it's just, and even early years at Worsley, I was still pretty wild. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, you just grow, I suppose, and hit that 30 and... And something happens at 30. Something definitely happens at 30.
1: Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. When mm. it, when most people seem to get to that age, you sort of hit that maturity thing and go, you start making better decisions. Yeah. You know, more informed decisions, more educated decisions. Yeah. And at, and at 30, you find that you have more competent people around you. Yeah. And that makes a big thing. Mm. For me, I think the biggest thing with, with uh, where I grew up the most was... I, uh, I went to work for St John's, and um, this was back in the days. when... I mean, now it's a university course. Back then, you know, you spent uh, you spent pretty much six months in training, and then you know, then the rest of the time you were just out in the job, running around and doing all the bits and pieces, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a lot different system back then to what it is now. But that for me, it uh, it definitely brought the nurturing, and caring thing out more. Yep, you know, working working for them, and of course. I spent, um, I, I set myself a deadline with them and sort of said, okay, well, look, you know, the minute I had to deal with the child death, I think that'd be, that'd be me done. So, you know, and I set that marker for myself and then it was like, yeah, I got hit with that and it's like, shit, right, no, this is it, you know, and uh, I had the conversation with the uh, station manager and sort of said, no, for me, I said, no, I'm, I'm going to tend to my resignation and uh, they said, oh, why, you know, what, you know? I said, no, I, I sent a marker here and I said, I oh, uh, I don't want to go through this again Instead, said oh, that was my personal get out now yep. so've I've pulled it so and then I went and did some uh, work for flying doctor and um, that was pretty cool a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff I had a had a lady that was in the um Saint God hospital here she ran into me I was in there she had a friend that was um, passing and she came into the coffee room and I was just sitting in there just waiting and she's she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and going oh, I recognize you but I don't know there's so many people and uh, she came over and she approached me said um, you uh, do you remember me and I said look your face is for me and I'm really sorry I really don't have any idea who you are yep she said um, you know you uh, well you had uh, when you were working for, you were flying doctors I said yeah I did but it's been a, it's been a while now she said yeah no you uh, you came up to Leonora and you uh, you got us down from Kalgoorlie. and uh, yeah we'd, uh, she had a son which was uh, in, we had her, actually had him in the plane he was uh, in breach so I was the one that actually had to do all the magic stuff in the back of the plane there and um, pop the cork and,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> and all the bits and pieces. Oh. But he was in breach, so it was a bit of a it was a bit of a tricky situation to get in there. And he was he was in he was in breach, and he also had his umbilical cord tied up around his neck as well. So oh, I had to, Jesus. I look, yeah. So it was a it was a bad one, but uh, her son came out of it all right, But she remembered me through that, and uh, yeah, which right. was really cool. So there's yep. there was good. There's good and bad in those jobs, and sort of like I, the bad stuff got me out of it, and then went back for a little bit of help and hand. It was only six months for the flying doctors. So not, not very long, but it was long enough just, you know, to uh, have a couple of good things and a couple of, a couple of, uh, not so good things, but more good than bad. Then not yep. nah, for me, it's, it's just out now. Yeah. You know? Not, not worry about that stuff anymore. So know? that was post security. That was post security. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I can, I can run it back a little bit further. So, um, my first job was a tennis coach. I yep. started started working as a tennis coach in my very, very, very first job. Yep, Loved it. Of course, you know, you're never going to make much money as a tennis coach working in a small country town. Um, work. I mean, I worked under uh, a guy called Alec Doherty who was um, really, really good. And, um, you know, I'd always run the classes when Alec couldn't come and that's how I got started sort of doing it that way. But basically, you know, you're charging kids 10 bucks and adults, you know, if adults want to come get um, a lesson, you know, you're charging them sort of like, you know, 15 to 20, you know, mm-hmm. so, and you might get one or two of those a week if you're lucky when the kids passes, yeah. you know, just twice, three times a week. Yep. So, you know, you're never going to make a big money. You know, you, you basically, if you're lucky to you scratch 150 bucks, you know, you do yeah. really well. So you really can't call that a, a, a job. But back, back then, I think. Uh, average wage is sort of like about 350 bucks so, you doing? so Half, yeah it was just yeah. it was getting Half by enough week. yeah yep. it's getting 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 by just enough to sort of to, to get by uh, and then I started labouring for a plumbing company in uh, Kalgoorlie um, and they were great great bunch of guys fantastic bunch of guys had so much fun uh, at work but they, I was never going to be able to get an apprenticeship out of them Okay, so they were just sort of you know, um, old Brian was sort of like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're not gonna take on any apprentices. You know, I just want want to basically just you know get in, just, shit kicker. yeah, just want somebody you can just dig yeah, the dead, trenches, dead, yeah, scratch away. So yeah, okay. Well, so I did uh, did that for uh, for a while. Then the parents decided they wanted to um, to move to Bunbury. Yep. So, and I was like, oh god, leave all my friends, that sort of stuff. That seems a bit. How you going? So, but then lucky enough, my uh, my grandmother, she she had a plumber come around to her house and he was a really nice guy. And so she rang him up and said, so look, my grandson's moving down from Katagoolie and I think he's uh, pretty keen. Would you be interested? So uh, Mark Peters at that stage, um, he sort of uh, contacted me and said, yeah, look, you know, come in, have an interview and and, uh, see how you go. Well, when I came down, I sort of like I'd I'd put my name out for a few different places and I'd actually put my name down at Worsley as well, which we're currently at now. And uh, I got actually offered a mechanical fitters Apprenticeship and also got offered a boilermaker's apprenticeship all at the same time. This yeah, is right. all all within sort of like a two week period. Yep. So I had three apprenticeships on the on the go that I could have could have gone for, but I went for the uh, plumbing because I thought, oh, no, that seems seems a bit more interesting to me. You know, dummy. You It would have been a different scenario right, if I'd gone yeah. gone with Worsley. Knowing what I know now, but then also too, you know, I would have been. At Worsley. Different, yeah. Yeah, I would have been at Worsley for, you know, for 30-odd years, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, right. And God knows whether I'd be bitter, no, <laughs> bitter and twisted I mean, or anything, yeah, I don't absolutely. know. It could have been a totally different scenario than what <laughs> yeah. I am now. So, yeah, so I did the uh, did the plumbing apprenticeship and um, loved it, yep. you know, had a, had a great time. So, and at the end of that, I decided that I was going to, uh, I wanted to get my plumbing license. Mm-hmm. So I put in and uh, did the study with that, and, and ended end up getting my, my license, so I could work for myself. And in that period, then I I, uh, I decided that I'd also like to to sort of like this, where I ventured into the paramedic scenario. So I thought, oh well, look, I, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, because not ninety percent of the family are, are all in medical, mm. you know, sort of like the it was all the, all the, all the women in the family We're all medical, all all nurses and stuff like that, the whole lot yep. of them. So for me, it was sort of like you know, I, I always had that interest in medical. Because like I could listen to Mum talk about stuff. I mean, she yeah. she was she was gifted. She worked in she worked in O.R. and E.R. and, and uh, I remember hearing the story that sort of her her brother had uh, he'd he'd found when we got out to this mine. Obviously, it was a pre-established mine that you know that we had to start working. And they'd found a, a case of jellic night, and he'd gone to move the jellic Knight, and and uh, the jug one of the things was sweating, and it dropped, and it actually. He actually blew off three fingers on his hand. Yeah, right. So, and this is obviously miles away from anywhere, no Mm. flying doctor, you know, no no radio, no telephone, no nothing. So, uh, and mum stitched his fingers back on and his his hand was fine. Yeah, right. You know, so okay. obviously obviously the bone was still in place obviously, but you know, he literally just blew all the all the meat and stuff off, blew it all back. So yeah, she stitched it all back on and and um, Jesus. you know, and yeah, and his hand worked fine. Like, yeah, you right. know, make a fist the whole lot, you couldn't even barely see the scars you know, obviously by the time I got to realize this story, you know, he'd had, you know, 20 odd years or Twenty-five odd years of repair, you know. Do we, yeah. you know, where it's sort of the skin yeah. had healed and stuff. But looking at his hand, it was just amazing to think that was my mum. You know, yeah. she, she did she did that from watching doctors do that in surgery. Yep. You know, so she she just had all the makeshift kit, did the job, stitched him all up, and he was he was sort of fine. Yeah. Right. You know, so crazy. So for me, it was like after hearing stuff like that and thinking that's that's a good way to make yourself feel good, helping helping people. So I went in and um, went up to Perth and and uh, obviously did the training. Training up in Perth and and that was it was great, loved it, you know, good job. But then yeah, I set the parameters on myself and yep. the parameters came into play a bit earlier than what I was hoping for. I was hoping maybe that sort of that might have been a job for me, but you know, everyone's got to have a line, and that line for me was kids. And yeah, so yeah. It was like yep, enough, enough was enough. You know, I wouldn't have liked to have seen that again. Yeah, you know, so regularly. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, and and some people condition. To it, and they can take it. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not one of those people. I, yep. I still have I still have stuff that comes into my head from those times where yeah. you know I can still wake up crying. Yeah, you know, uh, not not crying, but you know I can wake up with a really, really sad, heavy. black, yeah. heavy feeling, and just remember it. You know, and it's nothing that I've done. It's just something that you've just seen imprints and
0: a bit on you. Yeah, take it away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of things. You know, people people imprint uh, on your uh, on your soul sometimes, mm. and they just you know I can remember this this one particular instant. Um, where we'd uh, had seven people in this one particular car crash. And there was a motorbike involved and one of the guys, I'm sitting there talking with him and, and uh, you know, and I'm sort of saying to him, yeah, it'll be all right, mate. Look, we've just got the second band coming now. When that comes, we'll get you. He look." he's look, looked up at me and he sort of said, uh, it's all right, mate. I, I realise just this is it for me. Yeah, right. You know, and, I've, and I'm sitting there saying to him, mate, I've never lost anybody and you're not going to be the first. Yeah. So I said, you know, We'll we'll get you we'll get you into the van, man. You'll be yeah. fine, you know. And the injuries that he had was he he was right and he knew he knew. But you look knew, at, yeah. I knew <laughs> he knew, um. But we didn't stop working on him until the second van got there to pick up, and then we had a third and a fourth van. The fifth van eventually came to get everyone because it was quite a massive, massive pile up, you know, it was a heap of cars and um, yeah. So it was pretty pretty horrific. But to see this man. Confront me with the bullshit that I was spinning and say that everything was going to be alright. And look, that that was the rule, you know. Nobody dies in St John ambulance. You keep them alive until you get to the hospital, and they can be pronounced dead by the doctor when you get yeah. there. So for me, that was uh, a real different experience. Having somebody sort of saying, "I know this is my time. I I, I know mm. that it's coming," uh, and oh, I knew it was too. But I still, yeah, still worked him and proceed. Yeah, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, Just that's
0: Yeah, no, you're right, man.
1: That's it, yeah. Take I'll it easy. Take, take, take <laughs> yeah, it yeah, easy. Yeah, there's no, yeah. There's nothing you could, nothing you could do. So, yeah. And uh, in those instances, that's what you can truly see what people are all about. You know, mm. we had a lot of people that obviously pulled over on the side of the road and, and tried to help as well. Yeah. Which is, you know, and look, and and there's all the neck fuckers as well who just want to stop there just for the sake of twisting yep. their head and having a bit of a look. Yeah. And there's actually the people that truly want to get out there and help. You know, and there's a there's always a combination of both at every.
0: Some people that just it's funny. Like, um, I was driving to night shift one night and uh, just out here past Eaton and um, and I was like a, probably maybe five, six, maybe 10 car lengths behind a bloke on a bike and he come out around the car on his Harley and just kept going. I don't know what happened, but he ended up hitting the gravel and was just thrown from this bike. So it, instincts kicked in, pulled over straight away, phones out running down the road calling the ambulance ladies on the phone that was the car in front of me she's on the phone like screaming down the phone I said just hang up you're not doing anyone any good just hang up and like calm down and you know I, I went through that whole thing like so same thing that threw him into the bush I could hear that he'd obviously fractured something in his chest, his sternum or something was really bad. He obviously had a punctured lung. You could hear it in his breathing. You could hear how laboured it was, how oh, yeah. short it was. And I just like jumped straight into like the same thing. I think I think people have it or don't. Um, you know, this lady was freaking out. Everyone that pulled over was freaking out. And then I'm like trying to stay calm because old mate can't fucking breathe. He's uh, in and out of it. Just, yeah, it's just like I went through that whole thing, and I'm, you know, at this point I was covered in blood. Um, I went through that whole thing, and I was like, fuck, it feels like it felt good. Like, you could see how they get addicted to the adrenaline of it.
1: Oh yeah, the and that was the one thing that I that yeah. I always found. It was and the, the
0: professionalism of when like the ambulance people got there was so good. It was it was like I seen that and I was like, man, I wanna I w I wanted to study nursing. As soon as I left that site, I was like, I gotta study nursing, man. This is like this was really, really cool. Like, you know, there's that that purpose and it's driven by adrenaline and you're watching people that are absolutely professional, top levels of communication. All right, what's going on? Yep, okay, what are we doing? One person takes over. Okay, we're doing this, you do that, you do this. All right, ready? Roll him on. And then the five people work as a team and then... Alright, he's starting to get agitated. Someone get on the phone to the hospital, to the doctor, see how much you're allowed to give him. And she's on the phone, yeah, male in his fifties. Uh, possible broken this, possible broken that. Uh, about a hundred kilos. Okay, five milligrams. Yep, cool. Phone's up. She's already got it prepared. It's in. He's starting to get sedated. It was just like, oh, it was it was unreal, man. I just stood back and watched him. Yeah, it was, it was really, really cool, and I was like, and then, you know, I went from that to go work at Worsley, I think I was supervising that night, and I was just like, oh, this is lame, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. yeah, obviously, it wasn't the greatest scenario, it wasn't, you know, a cat stuck in a tree or something like that, yeah. it was really <laughs> intense, I don't even know if that guy passed away or not, he was in pretty bad shape. But yeah, I was just like, you can see how they get addicted to it, oh. but it is a certain personality that needs to do it as well. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Look, I like, say cause there's all, there's the, the good and the bad. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the thing is there's sometimes more bad than good. Yeah. And, and you don't get a lot of closure in that job either, which is the one thing. Yeah, because you I hand a off, hand you off hand to off. the hospital and yeah, do your hand over and off you go. And there's all the, all the privacy thing and, and you have to hope that the next time you come through the, through the door, mm. that there's a nurse that you know that was on that night and you can sort of say, hey, look, you know, can you tell us what happened? Oh yeah, no, everything was fine. Or like, nah, fine, yeah. sorry, no, nah, yeah. just nah, no good. Or so, like, I know, nah, end of my shift. I don't know what happened, but I'll try yeah. and find out for you. Yeah, you know. So, but I found there was just no closure in the in the damn job. You know, that was it was really quite, quite difficult. Yeah. But look, love the helping people thing. You know, I mean, the first, the first very first job that I uh, that I got was um, somebody had a heart attack. You know, and it was uh, you know going through the first process of oh shit, okay, well what what I got to do now? Got to try and remember all the stuff you went through for, with basic yep. training. And that sort of thing. So that was it. Was really quite good, and have the person sort of like looking up at you and sort of saying, "Oh, look, you know, we're having a having a, a good conversation with their sort of like their hearts going nuts, and they're looking up. And you're please, 'Please, you've got to do something to help me here.'" And it's yep. like, "Look, I'm yeah, I'm trying to keep you calm and me calm and everything else yeah. in the back." And and of course, then the guy who's driving then's calling back, "Is how are you going at the back there? Are you going okay?" Because of course, at this stage, you know, I'm trying to you know get all the conversation bits happening, and then yeah, go through all the still to oh, do and, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it and put it all together so for me it was it it was it was more of a learning experience on the fly to work out whether this job was actually going to be for me
0: yeah right you yeah know,
1: in, the, and, in the first one and then after that it was like yeah I, I do like this job yep. this job is good
0: yeah 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 no I can I, yeah I, I'm fascinated by it and um you know obviously I've had some pretty gnarly health things in the last I don't know four, four years I suppose and uh you know, nurses are such great people. Oh, yeah. So great. Like, they're, you know, I'm sort of at the point now where I don't, you know, like surgery doesn't phase me. Staying in hospital doesn't phase me. Like, I don't mind. But you can see people that do get nervous by it. And then, like, you can just see mm-hmm. the nurses just like, yeah, even like the last one I had, um, when I had, what's was the last thing I had? Oh my! My sinus surgery, and uh, the nurse that was in there, like pre-op, he was great. He just sat there, chilled out, talked to me, and like I wasn't nervous at all. So we just had a really good, really good discussion, and you know, like it's yeah, it's all sleight of hand. He's talking to you, but he's like rubbing your hand and getting your vein ready for the cannula, and then you know it's in, and yeah, sweet, and it's just like, all right, man, well. Catch you on the other side, and you're like, no, no. Can
1: you count back for me, please? Yeah, Window, yo. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, oh, I think they're great. Nurses are great, especially oh. when you get like. Uh, unfortunately, nursing is just a job to some people.
1: Yeah, and look, and that's and that's sort of the problem now. Is and it's with a with a lot of those jobs in the in the in the public service, fire, yeah. fire and police, and, and ambulance, and, and nursing, and stuff. It's because we've changed so much as 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 a community Yep. is that they've had to harden up the training. You know, yeah, before, you know, when, when nursing went through, you know, nurses had to be, same with, same with police and same with fire and everything. You had to be real people people. Yeah. You know, whereas now, because you're dealing with so much other stuff like people on drugs and things, you, you now have to be just firm, direct. That's what you've got to be. Yeah. The people side of it has gone out of those jobs because you're dealing with more...
0: Not people. Not not people. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, and that's the problem is you know if you've, you you to, to go through the hospital say forty years ago mm. compared to what you go through now in an ER now. Oh, I mean, totally, mm. totally different, and yep. and just rampaging with different stuff. I mean, I've I've uh, I've been into ER not for myself but with other people uh, a couple of times over the last few years, and just here in the chaos in every room. Yeah. And about every third room, there's somebody ripping out on drugs. Yeah. You know, just yelling. And, yeah, and that's cannon. it. And it's just like, oh my God, you know, these guys should be dealing with actual true issues. Yeah. Not somebody who's just having a spaz out. Yeah. You know, it's just terrible. Actually, I can remember remember picking up somebody uh, who'd had an overdose and, uh, well, a potential overdose. Yep. And we gave him a shot on Narcan and they came out probably about – 10, 15 minutes out. No, maybe not ten minutes. Yeah, probably within about ten minutes of getting the Narcan, they were fully out of it. Yep. And they were pissed. They were so pissed. They spent. Oh no, mate! I don't know how much he spent on that sort of shit, but then just say he spent one hundred fifty bucks or three hundred bucks on getting a hit. And we'd hit him with Narcan, and of course the hit's gone. Ugh. So they're just raging. <laughs> so and guy they're, yeah, they're, keeping they're, him alive. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were passed out like a salmon on the ground, just yeah. salmoning it up on the ground. You just and and spit coming out of their mouth yeah. and. And that sort of, that sort of stuff, when, you know, you get the, all the information, oh, they've had this and they've had that, okay, well, okay, we know what to do now, so bang. And then all of a sudden they're raging, full rage, and you have to get them out of the van then because literally they are just not in the spot. And he's uh, yeah. so uh, no, I want out, get me out now. Yeah. You know, so then it's like, well, you can't hold them, you know. Yeah. The suggestion is we'll get you to hospital, let him have a look. at it. Yeah. No, I want out now. You, and, oh, yeah, then it's okay, well, off you go. It's like,
0: shit. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I, I hate the hospital on a weekend. And then how many oh. times it's like, oh, I should go to the hospital, and you're like, oh, it's a fucking Saturday night. I'll pass. I'll go next. I'll go on yeah, Sunday night. Go another time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Go
1: later. Well, as I, I feel sorry for the people in the ER tonight, because obviously it's it's uh, the groove of the music festival yeah, and it's of course,
0: be, and it's like right there. It's the hospital right is there. The road. You can
1: just walk there with you know you you know you cutting the bottom of your shoe from a bit of glass, yep. and just oh Jesus Christ. Yeah.
0: They love it. It's yeah, They do,
1: yeah. <laughs> alcoholic poisoning. Those, the first oh. lot of kids have gone, yep, yeah, yeah. I'll just slam a bottle of tequila. Hey, hey, hey hey, hey, hey. Oh, sorry, I All forgot. right, I got
0: a 16-year-old yeah, girl and they'd start she, those sort Durry. of
1: stories. She'll just be hanging at the chicken street stand, yep. man. She'll she be fine. She knows falling. what she's doing. She'll just be waiting for Hilltop Hoods <laughs> to come on at 11 and go home. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus. So you obviously tracked down a bit of information about your biological parents. What brought that on?
1: Oh, look, here we go. This is a good one. Now, my, my grandmother, God rest her soul, what a freaking legend she <laughs> She was great. She's a bloody legend. She worked for social uh, services. Okay. So um, an amazing woman. She started uh, as a social social worker. Uh, she worked with Aboriginal affairs in uh, obviously Australia, and then she worked with Indian affairs in Canada. Okay. So just an amazing woman. So she knew people who knew people who knew people. Yep. And there wasn't a single person that she didn't know in any of those three sort of sectors. So she actually got me all the information everything i needed to know who who my mother was did you um, ask
0: for it or did no she no she got, got it for, it for me you. she got it for me yeah she, <laughs> yeah, you should know. Here you yeah go. that's
1: yeah well she she actually got it for me when i was probably about 10 and she gave it to to my mum and sort of said uh here this is this is, is everything that uh if, if rick wants to know this this is everything we've yep. got we've got a lot that's how i know the story Okay. You know? so basically yeah, she found oh. it all out so um Oh, might as well let's let's spill it. Yeah. So my mum, my mum's name was uh, Fernie Buttle. So she was obviously the, probably German, German origin, something like that. Yep. And my dad's name was uh, Wayne Fewing. Yep. And uh, yeah, so he had a repertory style club in melbourne yep that was the the, the deal going i get all this off the you know off, yeah. off, the, off the record yeah. sort of stuff so it's yeah. pretty cool you can read <laughs> register and how it all happened you shonky dad you shonky mum so anyway yeah so they um they obviously worked together and um and bang little little incidents sort of happened. so i've got all the information there you know and look at there has yeah. been, has been times that i've actually thought now that um both my parents have passed yeah um of seeing whether I have any brothers or sisters and people just sort of say, oh, you know, why wouldn't you want to find out if there's any disease or stuff in your family? Because well, I don't care. Look, if I'm going to get something, yeah. regardless of whether I know or not, you no, know, yeah. nah, I don't care. I don't care about doing all that genealogy and stuff like yeah. that. You know, my, my life is is living day to day and my my uh, goals and dreams and stuff that's going week to day to month to year, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, knowing who they are and what they're all about doesn't really matter to me. You know, like I've, I was uh, given all the tools mm-hmm. I needed to be by Two of the best parents I could have possibly yeah. asked for you know yeah, like yeah. I, I couldn't have i couldn't have I couldn't have planned in my life to have landed on my feet better with the yeah. with the, with the people that were in my life from an early age, yep, you know, so for me it was magnificent, so yeah, I've got all the information still at home, and every now and then yeah right. uh, i've uh or what I did probably maybe about three years ago um and this is sort of after mum and dad had both passed, I thought oh. Should see if I can find them on Facebook. You know, maybe they might be might be on Facebook. I mean, obviously they'd be in their seventies now. Seventies, yep. or if uh, if not, probably your know, mum would have been eighty, so your yeah, dad would be in eighty as well. So yeah, so probably into their um into their seventies or eighties. Yep. So I thought, oh well, maybe have a bit of a look. And I found um I found uh, a guy with a similar name who lives in Melbourne. So could possibly be yeah. maybe maybe not. Um, but I've never bothered to do any more than that, and gone. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe not. Can't tell. Well, that's as far as it can go. Yeah. You know. And I remember uh, thinking, there's, there's all obviously all these organisations that will help you find your parents and yeah. that sort of stuff. Like Jigsaw's one of those ones. But the other thing that also springs into my mind is sort of like, okay, we'll just say, uh, you know, Wayne's family doesn't need to know there's a black sheep in the closet. You know, and yeah. and, and Fernie, whether you know if she moved on and and uh, got married and had kids, well you know, maybe they don't need a, bl- a black yeah. black sheep in the closet either. Maybe it's better off just letting that lie. Cause it's not going to change my life at all. I mean, not. You know, sort of, you know, whether I've got a half brother or half sister or anything yep. like that, it's not going to really make my life any, any sort of better or not. Yeah. So why bother to maybe affect somebody else if you mm. don't need to?
0: Yeah. And I yeah. mean, I suppose it, it all happened when you were so young, you don't, how how long were you in in care before you were adopted?
1: Oh, I think it was only a couple months. Right. Yeah, so, two three months. Yeah. yeah. So get yeah. get them in, get them out. <laughs> it's
0: not like you're in there till you're ten or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it was only,
1: it. only a few months old, but when they when they yeah, get you, right. so so it was good. So I got to be molded from an early age. Like I wasn't I wasn't corrupted by the system, like you have seen all the movies and stuff. Oh, you know corrupted by the system, you know. Yeah. And they've ended up being these bad kids that do all this sort of stuff. You know, I was I was picked up picked up early in the in the draft you know and uh taking his first draft pick and off yeah, i went right. you know so that was that was pretty cool to, yeah. th- to
0: this. That. i honestly didn't know you were adopted before an hour ago so yeah yeah it's right.
1: it's it those little things it's it's surprising where you come from because obviously you know i've picked up the traits of my mum and my dad
0: you are your environment aren't you you
1: are your environment so you know the the genealogically side of things I don't really know if that's got a got a play in personality wise, because yeah. I've never having met the other two parents. You know, I can't have a comparison to go. Yep. Oh, you know, you you're exactly like her, yeah. exactly
0: like him. It's real funny to think that there's a little old fella running around over on the east coast that yeah. looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fucking goddamn! Yeah, that's uh, really funny to think about. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, so or I
1: could have, I could have a half brother or a half sister that's you know just, just as tapped, yeah. tapped in the head and, and yeah, uh, is the same as fun. me. Yeah, you just yeah, it's, life is life is strange. Yeah, that's
0: uh, that's really funny.
1: So yeah, so we've all we've all got a cool story. You know, sometimes mm. it's it, it's cool in different ways. I, I say. My cool story is to me is that, is that I ended up with the people that I ended up with. Yeah, you know, there could have been one signature ten minutes before on another piece of paper, yeah. and I could have been I could have been with somebody else somewhere else, and yeah. I could have ended up totally different.
0: It's just yeah, it's funny. isn't it? It's just like I mean, I'm not a big believer of fate or whatever, but it was just the story that you got cast into, and off you go. Yeah,
1: you Let's, get you don't get to you don't get to choose your story. Your story gets to choose you. Yeah, and. Uh, and just with me, my, my story definitely chose me. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, my, my, my life has suited me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I've, I've really, my life has actually suited who I am inside. Yep. And who I am outside, you know, and, and is there things that I'd like to change about me? Yeah, probably there's some small things, probably some, some things that aggravate people. Maybe I'd like to change them, but yep. they, don't, they don't aggravate me. Yeah, right. You know, they've just, but I'm just happy with how I've landed on my feet over the time, yeah, and look, you know, everything for me is, has been like a lot of water off a of duck's back. You know, I haven't really sort of cared too much on, on what everyone else has sort of thought of me. It's more about sort of like what my family and friends think, but the immediate people who are more important. Yep, you know, because I so say you the the model that I've come up with is the best model that I can be with the tools that I was given, the information yep. I was given, the education I was given. This is the best version of me that I can currently be right now. Yeah. And look, I'm going to improve on this version, but that's only because I picked up a few more tools. Yep. You know, and those those few more tools will allow me to get uh, better in myself. You know, so I'm definitely going to uh, have some physical improvements that, I, that I'm going to do over this next probably uh, 12 months, especially because yep. I've got a, a big trip coming up uh, next year in May. Yep. And um, so I want to have some physical stuff that I want to improve on. So obviously with the physical, then you've got to improve the mental. There's <laughs> no point. You know, so I'm going yep. to improve on that on that toolkit, which, uh, which I've really enjoyed having the toolkit that I've been given by the, by the grandparents and the, and the parents and and the friends that I've come across. You know, the conversations that we've had, yeah, yep. that stuff. It all it just all builds to your toolkit, it does, yeah, and just helps you uh, redefine and refine who you are. Yeah, you know, so and that's what I'm looking forward to. I've got I've got a, a big change uh, leading into fifty, mm-hmm. some big changes I want to do, and I want to see what those changes look like for me at the end of that little that, yeah. little, uh, that little journey
0: yeah yeah oh, that's cool man that's yeah that's really exciting um, I mean I obviously know, know what your trip is and, and what you're gearing up to do so you know I'm excited I, I get really excited when people go alright here's the goal and then let's this is what I need to be doing you know to get to it um, so I, I get super and you know it's not just fitness it's, it's definitely like life goals and stuff like that and and uh you know you, you mentioned earlier how people imprint on you and and you know they might not even know it and um I yeah i, I just heard the other day about a friend that's just started going uh, to see a psych and sort of going through a bit of counseling and stuff like that and you know um i shared with them like my story some you know when i started doing that you know you, late Last year, and all these sort of things, and just trying to figure out some, some shit from my past, and and get my head around it, and sort of divert some blame, and you know, and 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 really try and try and rid myself of you know holding on to it because there's nothing I can do about it now. You know, I've made all the choices I've made. Yeah, what's done is done. Yeah, so I'm trying to just make better choices, and you know, I like to think that maybe my story about like. Going through that has like made them think, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I should do the same and, and whatever. And, you know, like I've, I think, I think funerals are fun, like, you know, getting back to funerals is morbid as it is. It's mint time to reflect on, but like, cause you don't tend to think about this sort of stuff daily. God, no. You don't go, oh man, that dude is a really good dude.
1: Yeah, you it's purposely, f- purposely don't. You purposely yeah. don't do that. You know? you know, you
0: just try and live in the moment, and then you get to these funerals, and you're like, "Fuck, I wish I told him." Like, he was a really like, y- you don't tell people, oh, "Hey, man, I just want you to know that when this happened that one time, you know, you said this, and it really stuck with me, or you did this, and showed me sort of." And it's like you don't say that the day to day. It's like,
1: uh, you just don't. You, it's one yeah. of those one of those things. I think probably the most important thing. That doesn't get said to people is, I love you. Yep. Or I, I like you. You're one of my best mates. Yeah. You know that just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know because it's too. It, it can be too too mushy. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, when you don't get to say it anymore. Yeah. Um, it's a I feel it's how a, heavy it, it is. Yeah. Like it's a heavy weight to carry. And just sort of mm. saying, I wish that I, yeah. I had have said that.
0: Yeah. And it, but uh, there's there's selfishness in that as well. Yeah. Because I mean, like. Oh, I wish i had have told him how much he meant to me It was like, well, yeah, it's going to make him fit, but it's sort of like, Oh, I wish I told him this or I wish I told him that. It was like, well, that's your problem. Like it doesn't change. And you know what I mean? Like it's, there's a certain amount of uh, selfishness in that. And that's, that's the shitty thing about funerals is people act really, really funny around death People, you see some really strange things happen after funerals. Oh yeah. You know, people chasing money like people chasing money is the worst. So um when my mother passed away, uh she had an accidental life insurance policy. So yep. like if she died in a car accident, it would have been, you know, I think it was worth like a quarter of a million dollars or something, maybe four hundred thousand dollars. Um, and you know, like, so I was the only one in in my family uh, that could have, like I was the executor of the will, you know, it was all written down for me. She wrote me a pack years before my mother was very focused on death. She thought it was coming every day and I honestly you know, she convinced us so much, like convinced me that it was coming so often that it was almost like the boy who cried wolf. Like I expected her to outlive me at one point. Like yeah, she'd be alive forever. And, uh, and she died suddenly. So we got that call and it was just like, Oh shit. Okay. Shit, how, all that right, happen? Yeah. Time, time to get into it. Like I just, you know, we just sort of dropped everything, jumped in the car and spent a month in Perth just backwards and forwards and all this sort of stuff. But you know, like like I said, I haven't seen my brother since I was, you know, in high school, and then all of a sudden, my mum dies, and I get a lawyer from South Australia call me up. Oh, you know, there's money in this and that, and we need to see documents that, you know, that mark you as the you know the executor of the will and all this sort of shit. And I was just like, who are you calling on behalf of? And they're like, oh, your brother. And I was like oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Like, and then he called me up and, you know, look, she told me that there was money and this and that. And I'm just like, one, thanks for chipping in for the funeral costs that her funeral cover didn't cover because, yeah, it was good to see you there. Two, it was good to see you at the funeral, which you didn't come to. Uh, You know, it was just like all this shit people ring up with their hands out. And it's like, well, where the fuck were you when we had to move all our furniture out? sell half of it, pack up all her clothes, pack up all her pictures, you know, clean the house, get it all ready, identify the body, plan the funeral, travel with her to the funeral, all this sort of shit. And now you ring up with your hand out. Like it's just, oh, it's just a kick in the teeth to her. But I mean, I I suppose it's you're sort of glad that, that, you know she didn't have to witness it even though
1: oh yeah that'd be heartbreaking for a parent so let's put a happy spin on a shitty situation yeah um have you uh have you picked your funeral song
0: yeah oh absolutely yeah i'm i'm i've (laughs) that's one thing i learned from my mother was be prepared for death yeah damn right yeah so so i've got i've got my funeral songs picked my wife knows everything that i want yeah i i'm i'm ready so, so I, I went through a lot of health like i said a lot of health stuff in the last few years and when you question mortality it's it's a funny thing like you sort of see the power in in life when oh. when you consider death you see the power in life um and and you know uh it took me you know my daughter is nearly uh, Oh, well, she'd be nearly nine. And, you know, I, I I do do everything for my family, but it wasn't until the other day I was at a friend's wedding and uh I could see the pride on her parents' face. Like, uh, they both walked, like, her mum and dad walked her down the aisle and I could see the pride in their face and I just went, you know what, i got to stay alive for this. Like, if my girls want to get married. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so being super sick, like... And, and, and I'll admit, I, I did get very down about it all, and it was easy choice to go, look, I'm sick, so I get to wallow in my own sadness, to now, it's like, right, I'm running out of fucking time, I've got, you know, 50 years left. It's time to start doing some There's shit. There's stuff that needs yeah. doing. There's yeah. stuff that needs doing. Yeah. So, yeah, no. So, my funeral's planned.
1: <laughs> yeah, sweet. Well, it's, it's one of the conversations I have with so many people because yeah. I've had, I've got my my number one funeral song picked out. Yeah. And it's, uh, Jump around by House of Pain.
0: Yeah, right. You know, so
1: <laughs> um, my funeral is not going to be a, a sombre event because yeah. look, I've 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 been sombre only a few times in my life, and I refuse to believe that's. what yeah. and, I, and I say it with everyone. What's your funeral song? Like, I've never thought about. it. You what? Yeah. You're going to leave somebody else, get your last farewell yeah, sorted. Your and last you, and representation
0: what, through music. And wh- what yeah. happens if they screw it up? Yeah. It's like,
1: so everyone knows now I've got the same, I've got all the the songs yep. and bits and pieces done. And up till, up till recently, I was going to be buried. You okay. Because I thought, and, and I was, I was my, my grandmother gave me a, a lesson and it was a lesson that was like a punch between the eyes. When we, uh, when my grandfather died and we had to sort his funeral out, we went into uh, to Barrett's yep. and, and uh, they were organising the funeral. And we sort of said, she said, would you like a cremation or a burial? And the words that came out of her mouth were, I'm not having the man whose body I loved my whole life burnt like an old cow. And it just like was like fucking whack. Yeah, Like it hit like a fucking sledgehammer and thought, holy shit. And look, they were they were married for fifty odd years before he passed, and and they were they were the love. Yep. You know, they were just that was it. You know, yep. just the two of them were just like that that couple. You go, Jesus Christ, you guys are lucky. No, nah, it ain't luck. They worked on it. Yeah. And I they made like it happen. It. Yeah. You know. So, and I thought after hearing that, I thought, man, that is that just hit me. He's like, wow. So I think I'm gonna be buried, but then. Now having gone through so many funerals and that's just shit. I've been through so many burials and cremations and stuff. Um, I, I think I'm going to go cremation. Yeah,
0: I am. just
1: get just get the job done, you know. Because the beautiful thing is, is that you know with a burial, there's usually two parts. You know, you go and you go to the service, then you go back to the to the um, cemetery and you do the bury. Well, I'm still thinking. Well, bugger it. I just want people to do this once. Yep. you know, um, prerequisite for me is that. Everyone wears a, a white shirt or yep. a Hawaiian shirt or something. I'm going to have a prerequisite sort of like you're coming. It's got to be a colourful shirt. None yep. of this, you know, or, or something bright and white. and Nothing yeah. you know, morbid and grey and black and stuff like that. I don't want people to be saying, when I'm gone, uh, I'm going to be ready to go. Yeah. You know, and hopefully it's in a long time. Yeah. But if it sneaks up on me and something else happens, whatever, then, you know, the time that I've lived, it's gonna be great and it's gonna be full of fun and, and I'm gonna have a fat old time getting to the last day, whatever yeah. that last day turns out to be. Yeah. You know? Um I'll tell you what, let's jump back a couple of a little bit. Yeah. Because you mentioned um clairvoyance. Yeah. You know,
0: have you been? No. No, she- so my mum was uh my mum was right into it. Uh you name it, she was into it. Tarot cards, um you know tarot cards, T like you name it. She was she yeah, she was very in tune with that sort of stuff, so we grew up around it. And uh, I'm ever the skeptic, like I, I uh, you know, I've listened to plenty of podcasts around, um, you know, like you know the the market that spiritualism was, and it was just a big scam, and all this sort of stuff. And look, I, I, I I'm a believer in the science of things where energy is not created nor destroyed, it just transfers and, yep. and all these sort of things. And so, yeah, no, no, I haven't. I've, I've never done anything like that. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been a couple of times. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I, I went to, uh, I went to a local lady here in Bunbury named uh, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my mum's name. <laughs> yes, Could have been her. Like, uh, and I, I got a, a reading done from her because a mate of mine had told me. So I said, yeah, you know, oh, she did. Oh, it was really, really good. And I thought, yeah, hocus pocus. Yeah. Bullshit. Yep. So anyway, I've, I've gone there and then she's, uh, she's swigging down an iced coffee, smoking like a train mm. and she just starts talking and then writing stuff down and talking and writing stuff down and who's this and who's that. And she just keeps going and going and going and she just, and some of the stuff she was saying, it was just like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Some of it was holy shit. But then it wasn't till later, then holy shit became, holy
0: fuck. Yeah, right. Whoa.
1: Okay. Wow, she nailed, just like she nailed some stuff. Yep. Like beyond anything. It's just yeah, like, right. wow, there's no, you couldn't guess it. You know, it was just, she she nailed some things. Okay. And, and, and it's not that I could actually uh tunity with something else and go. Oh, this must yeah, mean that. Yeah, like directing. It, it or... was. It was so direct. Yeah, It right. was just like pinpoint, bang, bang. That was it. Yeah, right. And she did it a couple of times. Uh, and then I remember on the last time that I went, because only went twice. Um, and the last time I went, she was going through some stuff. And she goes, oh, no, nah, can't talk to you about that just yet." Okay. So. And, oh, thanks
0: for the anxiety.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> and I can now, I can now look at it as I'm pretty sure, having some of the other con- the previous conversation we had, it would have been about my mum passing.
0: Okay, you know, yep. so
1: it would have been about that. Yeah. So. I think she just sort of said, nah, you, you, you're not she, ready for that. Yeah. Nah, she she knew that my journey had to go slightly different for a while, longer before that bit would come. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's probably what it was. I don't know for sure. I'm yeah, just assuming because right. everything else she was just writing down names. She, she got my grandfather's name, my grandmother's name. She, you know, she got towns that I was born in. She got people who I'd met, uh, yeah, right. all sorts of stuff. And it was just weird. And then she gives you these pieces of paper to take away with you. So, you know, you take it away and then, then you can go, oh, Hang on, I said I didn't know that, but that's actually this person.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it was it was bizarre, and I'd never been never been into that. Okay, clairvoyance yeah,
0: sort of no. So I'm um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's it's honestly something that has never piqued my interest to do. Like my mum was right into it. R- r- you you name it, she you know <laughs> that sort of stuff was like art is for me. She tried everything because you know she. Yeah, she she had that sort of inherent nature to... She was very empathetic. She could sit mm. and listen to someone's shit for ages and not take all the weight of it but be there to help carry the burden for the conversation sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, she was... You know, and it's probably just an age thing as you get older and, you know, and you look back and you go through the funeral and all these sort of things and you just, you just wish that some people made better choices... Like yeah. my mum was a really good person that was just plagued by drama that she put herself in. You know, like, um, yeah, she, she could have done... Like, uh, it's not not for me to say that she could have done so much more, but she could have done so much more. Yeah. So it's a real shame that...
1: You well, know, the, the, the toolkit that you're given is what you're limited to how you can get out of things. And if you don't have a strong enough toolkit to, yeah. to realise there's a, there's a way for you to get out of yeah. anything... Then you know that then then you get limited. That's why I think you know it's so important to you know to to give people as much information as you have and yeah. let other people give you as much information as they have because yeah. you can you can make your toolkit. I mean, some people when they you know when they when they leave home, their their toolkit is I've got a hammer and I've got a screwdriver. Yeah, and that's what they've got and they've got to build their whole life with two tools. Yeah, other people are, are given a full toolkit. Yeah, you know, so I think that's sort of I was given a, a pretty comprehensive toolkit. You know, yeah. like you know. Especially with coping skill, you know, like um, you know, I've uh, I've been through um, a couple of long term relationships, all, all have uh, been financially um, quite you know quite shit, so you know. <laughs> but the thing is, I've come I've come out of all of them yep. with a smile. And I've been able to kick on. Yeah. No 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 problems at all. I and mean, I shouldn't say that it shouldn't say they're quite shit, but you know, like, you know, you're always outlaying you're outlaying money for this and money for that and you know, and it's money that you don't have and yeah. that sort of thing. So I look back and like my coping mechanism at the end of that it was actually really quite good. Like, you know, I haven't become bitter and twisted and and that sort of thing. I've just been able to get on with it and go, Yeah, and I think that was because my toolkit was I was given just the right amount of stuff to be able yeah. to go. You can balance your way through this. It's going to be hard, yep. you know, and you're going to probably need some people to chat to along the way, which I did. You know, obviously chat with my mum and chat with my dad and that sort of stuff, you know. Yep. But on the on the back end of it, you get through it and go, oh yeah, yeah, it doesn't really affect me that much. Yeah. I'll I'll give this shit another crack yep. and have another crack, and it doesn't work out, and there's a bit more money exchanges yeah. hands, and yep. you go. Oh well shit that wasn't so bad. It's still coped, still alive. Okay, well we'll have another crack at it again. Yeah. because yeah, <laughs> you're a dummy. Yes, fucking, <laughs> fucking <numkey>. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fucking you fucking numpky.
0: Yeah. Like I you know, look, I, I was I was fortunate. Um obviously my mum and her life was was pretty gnarly. Um so I always had, you know, that you know, in my toolkit was was that I could always talk to my mum. Without judgment, like I could say, "Hey, look, this is going on, and this is what happened," and 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 without judgment, you know, she, she never ever made you feel like a bad person, which at all times isn't good. Like you know, there was probably some sometimes she could she should have said, "You're being what are a you dickhead. doing?" Yeah. But she was forever trying to make everyone feel, you know, feel fine and and non judged. Yeah. That she just be like that's all right, love. You'll get over it, or you know, it'll sort itself out, or whatever. Yeah, and look, that's
1: that. Everyone needs that calming influence. Yeah. when things aren't good. Yeah, and sometimes there's too many people that want to give you the fix. Yeah, rather than just listen to what you got to say because I think I, I think the biggest thing for me has always been if I can get the if I can get what's going on in my head out, it becomes the cartoon bubble. And yep. then I can actually read it. Yeah. So I can speak it, I can read it, I can process it, I can do something with it. Yeah. But if somebody else gives me the fix, it just goes in the same bubble of shit inside my head with all the other comic yeah. book bubbles that need to come out. And I don't process it overly well. So sometimes talking to somebody about something gets it out and then you can read it and go
0: that's it. Yeah, you well, knew it was there. Well, it's like reading a book to watching the movie, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's that's like exactly it. and, until you sort of read through and figure out stuff by yourself, you don't learn it. It's 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 cheating off the test or learning the you know learning yeah. the content. It's you can cheat on the test and pass, or you can learn and pass, and you've learned. You know, you've you've got that now in the bank. Um, yeah, it's you, I when when people come to me with problems which i'm you know it's not very often i just try and give choices people need to make the decision themselves yeah, to, gotta... to one take full ownership and two to understand all the options so if someone comes to me with a problem it's like okay ma'am, here's what you could do or here's what you could do here's your two choices this is your two outcomes I, I can give you the choices and, but you need to make the decisions it's yeah. like everything you know here's your two options you you turn left or you turn right Yep. and and you go from there
1: the beautiful thing is w- when when it's not empowering you you can actually give clarity yeah whereas if, if it's if it's if it's empowering you then it's it's hard yeah you know, people get mixed with it I mean I can look at decisions that I've made in the past other people could see so clearly that it wasn't right
0: mm. but I couldn't well, that's, that's where parents are as well. Parents can just sit back and go, oh, like, oh, I'm doing it now with with a 16-year-old. I mean, her problems seem really, really small to me because I've been through them. Yep. Her pro- this is the first time she's going through them. And, and you know, I can sit. I took her out, we went out the other night and we sat in the cafe and, you know, we had a chat and she's got some... You know, she, she's, uh, she's a little bit concerned that, you know, she's getting towards the end of high school and doesn't know what she wants to do. And, like, and so, I'm 50, man. I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Jesus. I, said Look, I don't know what I'm doing either. I've got a rough goal and I'm just trying to steer my ship to there. And, and you know, and that's what I said. I said, you figure out where you want to get to. Everyone says this. Every motivational life coach says this. Figure out where you want to go and work backwards. I said, you're probably not even going to know what the 10 steps are back from that. But you know sort of generally where it is. And so now you need to start making decisions that lead towards that. And that's what, what kids aren't, you know, kids from shitty environments aren't given that bit of knowledge. It's it's never, all right, you need to know where you're going and figure it out. It's like, all right, get the fuck out of the house and go be an adult by yourself and then you're like, okay, well, how did my dad deal with this problem when someone got aggressive? Well, he'd just punch him in the... F- and so then that's what you know how to do. That's what you do. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe I should talk to them. Like, you know, because you didn't have someone say, hey, when someone gets in your face, try and talk to them first. Don't ever throw the first punch. All these... Yeah. You know, like all, all, all these age-old things is, you know you know finish fights not stardom like all these sort of things that's it yeah yeah. and it's like like, people aren't given this knowledge like shitty parents don't identify teaching moments and so they just you know your kids are left just to go by the information they receive which is just what they see instead of the information that they're giving which is when you really realize that this is important to them and you need to give them some choices, you need to give them some options so that they can realise, okay, this is a, a set set of options, not even set, but here's some possibilities. Oh, this does make sense instead of doing this, which is probably not the smartest choice. Okay, well, let's do this. And and yes, yeah, so I think, you know, if I was to sum up our whole discussion today, it's that you, you need to know the information in order to make, the, you know, the decision. Yeah. and, and unfortunately, Decision's
1: always got to be informed. Yeah. You know, and the more informed you are on a decision, I mean, that's there's a lot of dysfunctional people out there who mm. just, who haven't been given a decent toolkit. Yeah. You know, and you can go out and find your own toolkit, you can develop your own toolkit, but there's nothing better than actually being able to give yeah. a kid when they yeah. leave home a decent cool toolkit or a friend. Yeah. Even, even just being able to talk with a friend enough to give them a few ideas. I mean, and that's, that's the thing, you know, every, everyone needs help. You yeah know, you know, Everyone does Not everyone can just get up every day And go yeah life's all good it's Yeah We're t- goals It does, it does take does work It takes massive work Happiness
0: you know? is, is is You know Is the The goal Happiness is the Is the hardest thing to work on
1: yeah, The biggest The biggest fear for me Really going forward is You know obviously um, My son he's 25 now So he's He's pretty much into that oh, I'm developing myself I'm doing my yeah. own thing He's there now He's yep. grooving his own tune Yep which is great. He's a fantastic human being, and and uh, I love him dearly. You know, he's just a brilliant, brilliant kid. Um, I can see the journey that his brothers and sisters are going to have. Yeah, um, they're obviously a fair bit younger. They have got a big journey, and and their yeah. their education a lot more of it's going to come from Google and Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. And yep. and the you know and regardless of how hard people try, a lot of the kids now that are going to be coming in are going to get a lot more teaching from social media sources. Mm. And look, some is going to be good, some is going to be bad. yeah You know, it's just unfortunately that's the way things are going now and yeah. and, and we've gone away from from the the dad the dad working or the mum working and the other parent being at home looking after the kids and doing that sort of stuff because it's just you can't do it anymore. You can't afford to. You can't afford to. The mm. life is too expensive, you know. Yep. So now a lot of the, the kids are picking up their stuff. I mean, I remember having a a discussion with um one of my ex partners, her her daughter, you know, she's a lovely kid. She actually was giving herself ideas that were more adult ideas for a kid that was fourteen, you know. Yeah. She was saying, Oh, people just don't understand me. Yeah. And and my first argument with her is, But sweetie, do you actually even understand you yet? Yeah. It said, you know, so like I'm still trying to understand me and I'm in my 40s, yeah, you know. So, how do you actually truly know who you are? You haven't even grown into yourself yet. Yeah, you can understand small parts of yourself, mm. and other people can understand small parts of you. To understand the whole you, that's that's never going to happen, you yeah. know, because you haven't had enough life experience to have all the things build up, collapse, you know, yep. that around you, and that's what you know. They, they pick up the ideas a lot more from social media and. And that worries me a bit because not all that is good. Not yeah. all that is bad. Yeah. But it, it is the world that we're in now, It is information.
0: It's no different to, you know, kids my age that would watch a lot of TV. And, you know, video games. I've seen the rise of video games in my lifetime. And everyone's like, oh, that's super violent and blah, blah. blah. Everyone's going to be out murdering people. Well, no. <laughs> no, it hasn't really affected it. We're not Too having big. any more, yeah. any more, any less. We're I still about the same. It, I think we just hear more. Yeah, I think that's the thing about media.
1: Um, well, the ca- camera, cameras and phones are everywhere.
0: Everywhere, it, just, even the middle yeah. of the
1: Congo jungle. If, the, yeah. if there's a gunfight that goes in there yeah. and, and sixteen gorillas are killed by accident, yeah. we'll know about it because somebody's going to be in yeah. there with a phone, a smartphone, putting the phone up and going, "Look what just happened." Mm. So, I mean, you can't get away from yeah. anything now. It it's is, just, it is all there.
0: It is all there, and it's, it's unfortunately quite scary. And it's nothing's really different. It's, you know, it's we just hear about it more. Um, and, and that's the scary part for kids is, and I, I'm guilty of it as well. Like I would never, ever consider sending my 12 or 13 year old child across the globe. Not on a freaking plane now. <laughs> no way. Not anywhere. No. Even if I'd knew someone that was flying the plane, it was a four seater plane, I knew the person that was flying. I still wouldn't do it.
1: No, oh no, that's it. I oh, yeah. mean, I can I can remember Mum putting me on the uh, the Indian Pacific, which was travelling from Kaguli to Perth, and yep. I was uh, I was about eleven, mm-hmm. and it was so simple. Just you jump, get off from Perth. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Get off, and your grandparents will be there to meet you. Just when you get off there, that this is where they'll be standing over near the thing. Just yep. when you get out, it was so easy. Yeah, but the thing is, you could trust more people. Yeah. You know, and you had more trust in people. But yeah, you had,
0: I think that's the, I think that's the thing. I still think you can trust people, but saying that you had more trust in people in general, because again, we just hear all the bad. You don't hear all the good. No. You don't hear all the times that kids weren't kidnapped. Do you no, know that's I mean? how yeah. Millions of kids commute daily on buses and trains and, yep. and whatever. You and don't all, hear about, they're all fine. yep, yep. It's just, amplification of of bad information and unfortunately that is the way it is now so yeah i don't i don't know man i look i'm not here to I, it is a scary world but it's only scary because we hear so much more about it
1: yeah but it but it's a beautiful world too ah, i mean so much good out there so still. much good so many good people yep. and so much to learn so many yep. things to to do and see and things to try and yep. look as I say, time is time is the enemy mm. time, time is my enemy I'm going to yeah. run out of time before I run out of things that I want to stop yep. doing my, my bucket list is uh, I've got a hundred things on my bucket list I yep. bought, bought a book a couple of years back and I filled that bucket list in with, with stuff yep. um, I can say I'm going to I'm going to get that list, man, it's going to be close. Yeah. <laughs> it's, good bargain, right it's, going to be, it's going to be close. Yeah. You know? So, but I keep giving it a crack because all those things are on that yep. list for a reason. Yeah. You know? and, and they're going to be important things, you yep. know, and it's surprising how many things you, you can knock off, even basic things. Yeah. You just... You just think that, you know, yep. even even for me, and this is dumb as it sounds, I want to go do one of those cooking classes that you see, you know, just oh, just, just, just go and do one. You, you yep. They teach you how to cook the stuff. You eat it right there and then. Yep. I've got little shitty things like that on there. Yeah. Like, you know, if, And if you don't have a bucket list, you don't have a list of goals and things you want to do. Yep. Well, how, how do you keep your standard high? How do, yeah, how yeah. do you, how do you keep do no You're not growing. From, what are you doing? No, that's and it. You're you know, there's, stagnant. There's two things that w- that uh, human beings love. They love certainty, yep. but they also love uncertainty. Yeah. If you've got certainty, you can grow with it. If you've got uncertainty, you have to develop from have that have to learn to how to grow. You have to grow from it. That's it. it. Yeah. So, I mean, as yep. people, we just love that sort of thing. I mean, I, I love nothing more than than being certain about stuff. Yeah, But I sure as hell, and that's the one thing I've always loved about Jiu-Jitsu, it has always been uncertain.
0: Yeah, you need to adapt.
1: You need to adapt. And you need Life to adapt is Jiu-Jitsu. F- yeah, yeah that know, is You need it.
0: to feel where it's going and adapt.
1: Yep, and just keep growing from that. And
0: sometimes to take the win or whatever it is, man, you got to... Try something different. You need to, if, if they know where you're going to go and they're predicting where you're going to go, well, you need to flip script. Try yeah, something different. And sometimes it. it works and you nail it and sometimes it doesn't and you get choked out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but you still roll again. Yes, that's
1: it. You, you need to you need to learn to lose. Mm, absolutely. You know, to, yeah. learn to, to learn to lose is to learn to win. Yeah. That is yep. the way it is. Sweet, man. Man, we've had a great time talking. That has been... That is a marathon two that, hours right yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. It was really good. Um, yeah. That's so talking a little bit of, uh, of my yeah. shit and talking No, that about
0: was uh, really, really good to hear your story, man. That yeah. was uh way left field. I had, like I was in my head trying to figure out, like I only know very little parts. I knew that you had a father in Canada and... And I was trying to work out, like, how possibly could his story go? Like, how did that start? And I never, ever thought you would have opened up with I was adopted. So yeah, yeah, that's really, really cool. That's really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, and same with you. That's I something I, I knew uh, a fair bit about your, yeah. your story through bits yeah. and pieces we've talked about, but to fill in all the gaps in the timeline, yeah.
0: Uh, hopefully that gives. Oh, everyone... There's still plenty more. There's still so much shit that's happened, but I mean, we'll, it, it'll we it'll come out because we've got. I've no learnt learnt from yeah. I've learned from all of it, so we will hear me probably uh, pull back to some of those things and and explain some learnings. But I think that's. I think that's the key is, you know, everyone, not everyone, yeah, not everyone is given the same opportunity at the start, but we're certainly all given a base set of, of you know, opportunities. And, and that is, you know, you you've got you've got a chance to choose. And it might not seem like it. And it might not seem like it in the first 10 or 15 years. But if you're making shitty decisions when you're an adult, then you need to you yeah. need to have a look at yourself because you know you you can be held down by a family for so long until it gets to a point where you need to say, Alright, enough is enough. For me, that happened first at ten. And then, you know, it didn't happen again, you know, and I made really shitty decisions for a long time until I was in my twenties. But I realized at ten, and I imagine that there's a lot of kids in those situations that realise this isn't the way it's supposed to be. You know, like this is not how life is supposed to be. So look, I I think everyone's given a certain uh, set of choices and and you need to make them. You need the, you know, it comes back to all those decisions and living with the choice and, and you need to, do your very best to make the good choices. And and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's scary and sometimes it gets sets you back.
1: Choice is the only thing that we have. Yeah, and yeah. it
0: really is. It, it really is. And everything <laughs> can, can go back to a 50-50 choice. Yeah, you, and you, you're defined by your
1: choices, yep. you know, on, on, on how you deal with things, mm. who you are. You just got to be so careful, where so yeah, you, you, you can make you can make the same choice a couple of times, but eventually, after a while, yeah,
0: it catches up. with catches you. It know, catches up with you, it mm, does. And then all of a sudden, it's a new habit or a, it's a new personality trait, and it's not always good. All right, guys, thank you very much. I, uh, I'm Rick, and I'm Ricky, and uh, let's, let's figure, figure this out.
1: out. Hi, guys. Hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast. It was great fun for us to to go through it and talk about pretty much anything and everything from our past so if you want to uh, get a hold of us we're on facebook instagram and uh, obviously on the podcast network so yeah have a look make sure you leave some feedback we'll be keen to get it and we'll see you on the next one